myself so I can't afford to be here This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. Hi, I'm Mike Schmidt. From the 40-year-old uh, podcast. 40-year-old boy podcast. I'm sorry. It's it's easy. It, it seems like it's been out for 40 years. <laughs> it's been around. It's been around for a while. How many years is it? Uh, we're in year 12. That's nuts. It, isn't it? I mean, think about that, though. Isn't it? Really? Yeah. I mean, we're. this is year nine. Of this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been a stand, I was in stand-up forever. You know, I've been in stand-up for, it's almost, mm. almost 30 years. You did stand-up comedy? I did. Well, I wouldn't, you guys, the crowd, they might have a different opinion, but I, I started in, started in like 91. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's the longest thing I've done other than the podcast. I mean, literally. Yeah. It's the longest thing. The podcast is the longest thing I've done because I don't, I only did stand up for about six or six and a half, seven years. See, but you're smart because you've made it a job and you're good at it. I need this is the year because this is the year. Literally, I'm like, I'm making this a job now. I'm gonna care. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it all. I'm gonna put stuff on YouTube and make a channel and all this fun stuff. And yeah, I know. I, I hear you. I know. Well, you it's do, good though because good. you do great. Again, like I said, you've been in your house and you're like, hey, I'm gonna open a pack of trading cards. You want to do a seven minute Patreon video? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I should be doing that shit at my house. Hey, grab some canned goods. Let's make rock solid chili. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, what? We had chili fight in my house on a live stream. Again, you're you're a catalyst for ideas, Pat. That can't be argued. <laughs> uh, how was your holiday? We are uh, we are January fifth. We are. It's a Sunday, January fifth. Bleeding into 2020 now. 2020, That's new right. decade. Friend. That's right. Um, uh, holidays were good. Quiet. You know, I I, uh, I saw you on the twentieth, and That's then right. uh, I you know Christmas and New Year's I was by myself. I didn't do you know I don't have a lot of family in town. Uh, Thanksgiving was a big, you know, I had what if I had a sound stuff. effect that just went, wah, wah, <laughs> seagull stinker, give me the seagull stinker. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what I'll give you. I'll give you, I'll give you Pete Townsend. Okay. Say that again. Uh, you know what? It's uh, I had a good Thanksgiving. I saw family, but I don't have a lot of family in town. So I was alone for New Year's and Christmas. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was fun. I mean, I actually, yeah, it was good. I had a good time. But you uh, go, you, you have ritual when you're by yourself. Well, yeah, on, on New Year's, on Christmas Eve, I go to a movie and, uh, and I go eat. I go have a, like a sushi dinner or something and I go, uh, I, I'm, if I've, I've, when I've been dating somebody, I've brought them into that ritual. I mm-hmm. folded them in as well. But if I'm alone, I do it by myself. I go just to have something like a, something I really want to eat or something, which I usually mm-hmm. like sushi. And then I go to a movie. So I went and saw uh, a movie that you didn't care for. What is it? A movie called Uncut Gems. I saw that movie at 11 yeah, o'clock. I didn't hate yeah. it. I give it a six. Okay. Well, I saw you post. Well, all right. Then let's talk about your scale for a second. Okay. Because you're telling me in person, I give it a six. Yeah. Uh, your post that I saw was Uncut Gems is toxic macho bullshit. Um, That's a six? I don't think I said toxic. You did. No, not toxic. But it was, yeah, it was something. Uh, you know what I could Stu- be... I said stupid. It might be stupid. Stupid module bullshit. Here's the thing with uh, Uncut Gems. For me, I, there's no one to root for. I, I just, I don't, I didn't root for anyone. Everyone was a shitbag. And that's we hard. We have another friend who said that. That's I, hard for me. For you, certainly. It I is. Get that. And I, it, it's I, hard I just, for a lot of people because again, it's, I'm, fe- I'm seeing it split. People yeah. love it or they fucking hate it. Yeah. I just, um, you um, know, I, I didn't hate it, but it just, it just, I was like. Sure. Yeah, spoilers, spoilers if you haven't seen it because we can throw out some shit. Like at the beginning, the movie starts with him getting a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. So I literally, and maybe this is me thinking uh, movies always need to do with a certain thing. I thought, I thought maybe he was going to have cancer and then he needed this last big score to have money for his family. Now I know that's, that's, 
that's Norman Rockwell type of a thing. But don't do you think you hurt yourself by by projecting from that moment on what the rest of the movie could be? Well, I didn't really realize. Well, the thing is, then that really doesn't pay off for me. His colonoscopy. He gets a call later. Then they say, "No, everything's good." And that didn't really pay off for me. Yeah. I mean, what, why have that scene if it's not? crucial to the movie now maybe you can tell me that it is crucial to the movie and explain why it is but for me it's uh it's it's a waste of time it leads you it points you somewhere that it doesn't go at all it's unnecessary that scene's unnecessary and the thing is here's another thing about filmmaking like this is they 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 go in like you're inside him in the uh in his uh rectum and everything they come they pull out of there right the, the camera does. You sure. come out of his... And then at the end, something happens to him and the camera goes into his body. Yeah. These are all spoilers. I told you, spoilers. So, I mean, I just felt like, oh, they just did that so that they could do that and that's just... I, cool for cool isn't my thing anymore. I, uh, and I'm not going to extrapolate and try to think about what the Safties were thinking. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like, I don't know what they, they were thinking. Were they a journey inside and this is this? But I know. I... I find myself, I gravitate to these kinds of movies. You know what I mean? Yes. We've talked about it before. I, I like sadness. I like aggression. I right. like that sort of stuff a lot yeah. more than you do. So yeah. I don't I don't need somebody to root for. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I've because that's literally a complaint I've heard now from easily 10 mutual acquaintances we have. Then um, there, there's some there's some other nonsense stuff that is only there for uh, voyeuristic men. When the girl you're wrong. Take, now there's one you're wrong about. No, okay, what? The, him when he sneaks in and he texts and she lays down and does all that stuff. Here's You didn't even hear what I was going to say? No. All right. No woman takes all her clothes off to her garter belt and her underwear, her, her awesome hot underwear, mm-hmm. and leaves her heels on. It's the first thing the woman takes off is her shoes. Because why would she be... She's not going to be around the apartment in her heels. That's for That's for... That's for the camera. Maybe she's planning to surprise him in that outfit when he gets it home. Didn't seem the scene wasn't leading there. I, I, she would have put them back on. But for you to dis- I, I I find it's it so odd. That- it's just I'm just it's just bullshit. I'm I like, disagree. oh, look, and she left the heels on. Of course she did, because two guys made this film. Eh, all right. I, I, I mean, because I, I can't win this argument. I won't. I to me. Well, there's no that, winning that, or losing. You well, liked it, and I didn't like it. Yeah, but that doesn't that doesn't. I, it didn't, that doesn't you, take me out of the scene. The it takes you out of the scene, I don't, which is fine. Yeah, because I think it's bullshit. Here, I um, I think it's macho bullshit. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't just say I don't like something without giving you, yeah, re- my reasons, valid or not. I hear valid. you, but I think I it's give funny you my reasons that that again you, <laughs> you'll you'll watch movies you enjoy, yeah. and you won't and you won't pick them apart like that. But a movie you don't enjoy, you're immediately well, you're like, well, that little oh my god, she's wearing heels, and then it invalidates you, this whole. You premise. tell me a movie I enjoy, and tell me something that you don't like about it, and I'll, well, I'll tell you if a, I agree. That's a completely different show, Pat. We're not doing that here. Yeah, today. but I'm just saying, you know, I know. Look, I know. I look. I watch those Marvel movies, and a lot of the times it's the same story arc. You know, this, 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 this. I know. Yeah. But I just, it just, it's just. Again, I need. I do need someone to root for, and I and everyone in the movie. And then at the end, then I rooted for the girlfriend, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I got to throw my chips in. Then look, right after we watched that movie, we watched uh, Dark Waters. Okay. The, right. the, okay. With uh, Mark Ruffalo. And again, it's fine. It's also a six. It's just, it's exactly what you think that movie's going to be. Like, you're like, all right. I, they, they told a good story. Yeah. A lot of guys with their fists clenched and going, we can't let this happen. I know. How did we not know this? You know, yeah. and uh, the people, oh, we're done. All the cows died. We have cancer. There's got to be something in the water. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Silkwood. 
I, you're not wrong. I, I hear you on that one. The I only do. thing about this dark water is this happened like recently in your lifetime and my lifetime, and I knew nothing about it. Really? So like, how did I not ever hear about this? Well, it's like we talked about Irishmen. When I saw Irishmen, I, I just, uh, you know, I, the, the thing that I, I, I did genuinely enjoy Irishmen. I really liked it. I mean, there are yeah, parts I, parts I could argue it. with. But the, the one thing that it hurts it for me is that I know everything that's going to happen. You literally know every beat. I know Hoffa. I know Kennedy. I know the, the hearings. I know all of this stuff. So you're forced to then. Yeah. And also uh, maf- mafia movies tend to drift into bullshit where it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's always, you know, hey, that guy stepped on my shoe. He killed that fucking guy. Hey, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Hey, don't touch my pin. Who touched my pin? You know what I mean? For right. mafia, mafia guys are just mean girls with fucking pasta and And you're, and always, you're always looking at all, which mafia guy is, it just has a detonator. The crazy like, guy. He doesn't the, even have a slow, but he just, no. he immediately goes, just goes nuts. the fuck off. Yeah. He goes nuts. Just puts a fork um, in somebody's hand. My biggest problem, I, I didn't mind the Irish, you know, same Irishman again. I didn't, didn't hate it. Didn't love it. I love all those actors. I love all the genre movies that they've done like this before. You have to admit that this is the weakest of all those things that they've done before. I think this is certainly an indulgent movie. I think mm-hmm. it's a movie that um, I, I like the fact that it paralleled the two families and the fact that Frank makes the choice to be loyal to one mm-hmm. family at the expense of the other. Right. So I keep hearing this stuff. Everybody's like, oh my God, Anna Peckman's got like five words and then the fucking, there's no women presence in this movie. Well, it's not about women. It's not. It's about yeah. one guy who fucking basically gives his life to the, to the, the, one, the one person you know for sure he loves in, this enti- yeah. in the entire world is the person he is, unfortunately. Hey, go watch The Kitchen. Yeah, yeah right? Let yeah. Me, I mean, right, I mean look, exactly it's right. Not, it's not, I mean, look, if you want, yeah, if you want a, if you want a gangster movie that's got ladies in it, then go watch a gangster lady movie. But there, but even so, though, you want to talk about the mafia and extrapolate it larger, mm-hmm. every movie we're told, or every Sopranos, everything we're told about the mafia is, yeah, they all have families for appearances, and then they're fucking everything that moves. Yeah. So don't give me this, oh, there was no women, there was no solid and, family. There, there never is. is. And I mean, and the women can be strong in these movies, but they know going in what they're marrying into. Yeah, that's the whole, and that's, that's and the, the, and the most interesting that's ones. That's the conceit of the everyone. Most, right, but the most interesting ones are the ones who explore that through the eyes of the strong woman. Right. You know, so I can get yeah. that with this where it did not. Right. But if you're Carmelo and Soprano. It's, it's three and a half hours, maybe it could have. <laughs> I, I think it's so funny. I hear people bitching. They're like, how come it costs so much to make? Oh my God. And it's like, well, hey man, look who's in it. But every dime is on the screen. Mm-hmm. Every fucking brilliant suit, every car, every fucking and storefront. people fail to realize how much a frame by frame de-aging process yeah. costs. That, that, they don't push a de-aging button on their, uh, on their, I wish a- they could, on their avid. And <laughs> I'd buy that happens. fucking thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just feel like the story that that movie was telling didn't need three and a half hours to tell it. I think he lived in it because yeah. he had a lot of money from Netflix mm-hmm. and he was allowed to tell the story he wanted to tell. He's but, got the band back together. But I also think that he, and it's the first time we talked about this, it's the first time I've ever really thought to myself, these guys are getting old. Where mm-hmm. I thought maybe De Niro mm-hmm. and even Pacino, and and, uh, and not, Pesci, not Pesci so much, mm-hmm. but De Niro and Pacino, in my brain I was like, Maybe they're aging out of this role, this sort this of the tough guy, time. this yeah. sort of blustery yelling. You know what I mean? Where, yeah. uh, because again, De Niro, how effective is De Niro uh, in the, in the wheelchair in the last half hour of the movie? Good, he's great. When he has to buy his own fucking casket, and yeah. he's got a guy he doesn't know pushing him around. The FBI comes to visit him because then it's more reflective, and it's yeah, it, it really is. He can bring to bear all of his life experience. Um, I kind of feel I would have liked it a lot more if they would have. Uh, if they would have done like in Godfather Two, when you have uh, when they talk about the old days, and then different actors are playing them sure. at a younger age, yeah. you know, maybe I would have liked it 
But I think he wanted to tell he wanted to tell this story with those guys. Mm-hmm. That was important to him because he never had the chance to work well, with all of them the at once. He got the band back together. He got, he got Kaitel's in it. Everyone's in it. Yeah, Kaitel's not in it enough, quite frankly. Sebastian Menescal is in it. Did he's I say his fucking name right? great. He's he and he's great. He's he in is great. fucking seven minutes, and you're just oh, like and, and then the thing's on fire when he's on it. Does Every that guy make you in. laugh? Because he makes me laugh. I've never watched his stand up. He makes me laugh. Yeah, I've I've not. He's I again. He's one of those dudes now. where I knew of his name. Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's selling out the forum. I'm like, what the fuck did I miss? You know, with stand up, sometimes if you, if you, if a guy just makes you laugh, but like he's not the hip cool guy, and you go, oh, that guy makes me laugh. He's funny. Oh, really? Do you, you know, I hate, oh sure, I hate that. Well, that's why if it just it, makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. Well, oftentimes, but you know, I mean, Brian Regan is still for my money the best standard comedian on the planet. He's hysterical. He's phenomenal. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't love Chappelle and I don't love all these other right. guys, but Brian Regan for just pure watching a dude fucking yeah. make you laugh. Jesus, yeah. he's the fucking king. And your stomach will hurt. Yes, you your will gut die. Will hurt. <laughs> he's so. Good and a guy that's the opposite of of Brian Regan, but will make me laugh just as hard as Paul F. Tompkins. Brilliant. They don't do the same type no, of comedy, but totally at all. a genius. And everything totally. he says, you're just like this. I'm I'm completely on board with it. Yeah, yeah. And so I I don't know of Sebastian, but I've heard again. I've heard really good things. Hey, 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 <laughs> Maniscalco. All right, Sebastian Vell. All right, twenty so minutes I, in. So okay, I go to go un- so I go to Uncut Gems on New Year's yes, Eve. Yes, and I yes. went to that. Went to dinner, and then that Christmas was fine. Everything was fine. Thank you. All right, cool. For asking. Uh, put a bow on it. When, uh, thank you for thank you for. I forgot where we even st- how we even started this. <laughs> I forgot how we started. Um, well, how was your uh, holiday? Since you're going to ask me, and I know we're already deep in here. No, I watched the Uncut Gems. It ruined it. Oh, <laughs> that's got stupid macho bullshit written all over. It. Uh, uh, I do like toxic. I do like toxic. Wait, I, I thought you said that for sure. It could have been literally. It could have been anybody else. Yeah. I have to tell this story about you because it makes me laugh. This oh, is no. this is who Pat is. Pat lists all of the movies he's seen. You know, and he always updates it all the time on like Facebook. He'll be yeah. like, "These are the movies I've seen this year." There's like 40 movies. Now, 50 by the movies. way, by the way, we get we I, I have friends that that are. Uh, or in the academies and that's how I see a lot of movies. I don't want people to think that I'm, you know, I'm not the guy who takes a picture of their ticket stub every time they're, you know, out at the movies. Well, how dare you? I took a picture of me at Uncut Gems, you fuck. Well, I was right in front of the marquee. I mean. I'm not talking, you're not the guy I'm talking about. Well, the about. point, of, the reason I'm telling you is that, but that gets to what I'm going to say because Pat, like I said, I see them for free. Of course, but, uh, but it doesn't, and you know what? But fuck anybody who would judge you for paying to see them. Your job's in pop culture. Why the fuck well, wouldn't you? I know, but because I, I do the same thing you it's do. It kind of looks elitist when someone like, 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 like someone goes, man, you saw a lot of movies and I'm just, I just like to qualify it. Look, I did not pay 20 bucks to see, cause but someone could add funny. Like I paid a grand to see movies. I know, but it's. But the fact that that shames us is so dumb because your job is to know these things. Like, cause I do, I do the same thing yeah. on my show where I'll tell a story about going to a concert and then at the end you go, uh, and I go, oh man, I got to pay my taxes because I don't have any health insurance. And then you're like, well, fuck, I guess I shouldn't have gone and seen Guns N' Roses. You know what I mean? And you right. know it sounds bad, but yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. fucking time, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, what am I going to do? Hide in my fucking house and crochet I just, waiting? I just try to avoid that stuff and qualify. I know. With, I see because of pop culture beast, I get a lot of stuff for free. But but at the same time, it's your job to see and hear and be in the know and have right. your finger on the pulse of, of pop I culture. I guess it is. It, it, fuck that. <laughs> Quit denying it. We're doing it now. This is okay. your job. Okay. But also because at the same time, again, I know what you're saying. You're like, I saw 75 movies. Hey, here's my Patreon if anyone wants to send me a dollar. <laughs> I know. I know. Hey, who wants to buy a sticker? I, right? It's fucking weird. I know. <laughs> but you're not wrong. You, it's your job to see these things. Oh. So I... um. <laughs> so Pat, he calls me and he's and he's uh, got his list of movies over the fuck and he goes, hey, did you see Bombshell? I'm like, no, man, I didn't see Bombshell yet. I go, but I got a screener coming for SAG. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, okay, let me know when you have it. I said, cool. And I'm not joking. The next day we were going to go to dinner and I meet him at dinner. He goes, oh, I watched Bombshell last night. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? You don't give me a day to get the we, screener to you? We actually, we actually went to that one. 
We yeah, you went to the went movies. To, we but, went to the movies. But that's who he is. He's just, yeah. he's on fucking top of it, man. Because I'm not, I, I thought, because I like this is sound good. Um, you know, I get some screeners because of SAG. So right. if I can, like my buddy's watching Joker now, like if I can, if I can let somebody see something they haven't seen, I like it. I feel kind of like I'm on the inside yeah. a little bit. Even though you're not supposed to do Right. That. So when you ask me about Bombshell, <laughs> keep it quiet. That's why I didn't say anyone's name who I get screeners from. So when you ask me about Bombshell, I'm like, oh, awesome. I can, I can help Pat see something. That'd yeah. Because yeah. you're always bringing me to shows or whatever yeah. the fuck. And then literally, what, it, it, it wasn't even nine hours. I saw you later. You're like, yeah, we went and saw it last night. I'm like, what the fuck? Because we, uh, Rita was out with friends and we wanted to see a movie and Ezra wanted to go to, and, and that's the movie we all agreed upon. Did they like it? Mm, I think I liked it more than uh, Pilar or Ezra did. Okay. Hmm. I was just... Well, I told, I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't have any interest in it. I'm, we're living it. I don't need to fucking see that movie. You know what I mean? Hey, guess yeah. what? A bunch of terrible fucking people run a network and still run it. Yay! I spent most of the time wondering how they made Charlize there and look so much like, like I'm like that. That is an amazing special effect, makeup and digital enhancement, and then her voice. I don't know how she did it either. She sounds just like her. It's so weird. Yeah. Like if if Charlize Theron's name wasn't on the poster, I would have no idea who that actress was playing really? her. Yeah, well, I, I thought the it's same unbelievable. thing. unbelievable. When I saw the, the just the quick bumper mm-hmm. in the elevator, yeah. I was like, holy Jesus Christ. She looked exactly like her. I was stunned. Because when the name came up, then when the, like, yeah, when I saw that quick teaser and then the names came up, you know, Charlize Theron, blah, 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 blah. I thought to myself, oh, Charlize Theron had plastic surgery. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what I thought. Not to look like, not to look like Megyn Kelly, but I just thought in general she had plastic, she had work done. And right. I was like, oh no, you didn't need work. Charlize Theron doesn't need work done. No, not at all. None. No. No. Solid. How great is she in that uh, Mad Max Fury Road? It's fine. I'm, I'm actually, I've, I've only seen it twice and I want to see it again because it's turning up now on the best of the decade lists. Yeah. Did you um, not like it when you saw it? I loved it. No, I yeah, me too. It. It's crazy. It's funny. A guy, he asked a question on Twitter the other day and he's like, what's the first movie that had a technical achievement that wowed you, that made you just go, Jesus Christ. And, uh, and I liked the question. I'll ask it to you. Why not if you want to answer it? If you, well, I mean... Or I'll answer mine while you're thinking of I'm yours. I'm going to give you, you a want. couple. Uh, okay. Well, you were ready right out of the yes, fucking game. I am. First of all, Star Wars, when the opening when the ship just keeps coming and coming right. and coming. Okay. And uh, that sounds like a porno. Um, when, when Christopher Reeves as Superman first flies out of the... Um, Fortress of Solitude. I was like, yeah, well, that really looks like a guy's flying. And then, uh, and then Jurassic Park, the, the, the first one. Okay. And that's that the first Jurassic Park still looked, the dinosaurs still look better than any of the Jurassic parks that came after it. I mean, yeah. it's really, I've, I've watched, I watch it probably once a year. I catch it really, and it still looks good. I haven't seen it. And you know, I didn't see yeah. the last one cause it just, nah, but I mean, I saw the, the oh. one they brought back with Chris Pratt and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. And okay. Um, so what about you? Well, I, you know, it's funny because I didn't even, I don't, I didn't think in those terms. Well, and Tootsie. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think in those terms of like when I was a kid, because to me as a kid, you're going, whoa, right. kind of had a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. But the first thing is as an adult moviegoer who wasn't just, cons- and the way I framed it to the, phrased it to the guy was not just consuming product, but someone who actually put some thought to what the technical achievement of right. what they did was, was Black Hawk Down. Oh yeah, that's pretty stellar. I saw that on the road. I was in uh, I was in El Paso, Texas, and on Saturday afternoon we went before the the gig, and that chase through the fucking streets when they first land, and and it's it's probably like six minutes long or mm-hmm. whatever, and then the rest of the movie is also just they're they're rolling right, they're just they there there's the ambush, and then they're blocking the fucking they can't escape, they got to go to this fucking all that stuff. I got to see that again. I've only seen it once. I agree with you, I because that's the thing is I it's it sticks out for me is I walked out of there and I looked at the other comic and I just go that is. 
I go, I couldn't even dream of ever doing something. That, <laughs> right. that was like ridiculous. Because right. like, I write jokes, I'm a middle act, I'm right. doing whatever, I, I think I'm in show business. And I see that, I'm like, I can't fathom how they fucking did, <laughs> did that. that. Right. It's insane. that Because again, the camera's in the truck and they're looking up and you see the people running on the rooftops and jumping and all yeah. that shit. I'm like, I don't know how you fucking, and then the editing of that is, yeah. is insane. But again, stand-up's one guy and movies of thousands of people. True, but one guy has the vision yeah, and true. brings it to bear. True. And I will say this to you because I thought about it and I, I was like, oh my God, you know what? It made me Google it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look. And who directed Black Hawk Down? Uh, no, wait. I think I do know. I, is, was it uh, Ridley Scott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy has an amazing yeah. filmography. Amazing. I, I, I'm like, and for me, that's the same as like you know, you go to Fury Road yeah. and it's in, in Georgia Miller. Like Miller's his name. And to me, yeah. they're the same dude yeah. essentially. Even if, um, except Ridley Scott's directed way more movies than George Miller. Yeah. Even the even the worst Ridley Scott movie has something in it that you're like, holy crap, look at that. Right. And he's done so many different things. Yeah, and and and, and if you want a Viking stabbing a guy, great. And if you want a couple people talking, he can do it all. That's yeah. that's and that's what I'm saying when I see the achievement. I'm just like, this is yeah. astonishing. He me. directed uh, Muppets uh, Treasure Island. Oh yeah, please don't say that you either <laughs> saw that. How do you know this? <laughs> he didn't. All right, thank God. All right, have we got? Did did we uh, did we bore the folks enough with stuff that's what not music? I think we have. <laughs> By the way, yes. you and I are definitely watching the pilot episode of Partridge Family. I saw you mention that on Twitter. I'm, I'm not even kidding. You know I'm We in. can do it here now because I can access it on this TV. Okay. You can do it right here. I'm no longer allowed in your home? Is move. that what you're trying to say? I, I don't have to haul all this equipment to my house. <laughs> okay, good. We just move the chairs there and we put it right up on that screen. All right. Because um, it... <laughs> I can't even say... You're going to be saying pause it within seconds. Okay. You're going right. to pause it. Yeah. Well, then we should be done with that one. What's that? 30-minute episode? Yeah, so it takes about two and a half yeah, hours. We know it that soon. If we did commentary on the Irishman four days. Oh my Christ. <laughs> but you know what? People are clamoring for it. There's there's no doubt they want it. Please, Mike, take up a week of our lives. All right, here we go. Today we're talking about the Black Crows. Because they just got back together. They did. Well and, sort of. Well, the brothers got back together yes. and they're not bringing it around the rest of the original members. They're bringing guys who played with Chris's solo stuff and Rich's solo stuff. <sighs> But I guess you can still call it the Black Crows if it's those two guys. If it's the Robinsons brothers, it is the Black Crows. I'm, I I have that argument all day, every day. I mean, do I, do I I respect the other dudes? If of it's course. the Van Halen brothers, it's Van Halen. Yep. If it's the Davies brothers, it's it's the Kinks. Yep. I mean, Mark Ford is fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Gorman. Yeah. I, these are these are these are those guys are in. They were in the Black Crows. Yeah. But the the name the Black Crows belongs to the Robinson Brothers, in my opinion. And Gorman is the drummer. Yeah, and Steve he, Gorman. And he just released a book. Oh, okay. You know that he released a book. I don't know what I'm supposed to yes and on this show. Of course I, gave I know. it to you for Christmas. Uh, yes, okay, yes. I didn't know where, where you were going with it. So I have I have books coming to give away. I'm going to give them away with in conjunction with this episode. I don't have them yet, but when they come... I'll be giving them away. So I think the contest, uh, the contest on Patreon will go up in conjunction with this episode. You just might have to wait until I get the books in. But hopefully they'll be in before this one drops. And holiday shipping is weeks. always a problem. You know that <laughs> they come right from the publisher. Yes, they do. Hot off the presses. Hot I, off, I know it just it just happened. Mm-hmm. 
And he, I guess he tells the story of, uh, I mean, his, his view of what happened. Yeah. It's, it's getting great reviews, that book. Well, he's, he's become a, a, you know, a, a bit of a media superstar on his own. I mean, he wound up being a sports talk guy and all sorts of different things. And he directed uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> he might have. I saw an interview with him in, I think it was in Rolling Stone, as this tour is, has been put together by the, when, once the Black Crows announced, hey man, we're doing this, they did Howard Stern. They played on there. They played the Troubadour here. They played in mm-hmm. New York. And, uh, and then Steve Gorman, Rolling Stone, went to him and they said, hey, what's the deal? And he goes, well, I'll tell you. And then he, he's, in addition to plugging the book, he, they wanted him to comment on the tour. And um, he just basically said, hey, look, I, you know, they, they offered me to be an employee in my own fucking band. And I said, no. And he, play, he plays on every single album. Yes. Keep that fucking guy in your band. He's yeah. obviously a good drummer. Yeah, but let's be, I mean, Chris doesn't even want to be in a room with fucking Rich. All right? I don't know why they're doing, I, to me, good for them, and I'm happy for them, and I'm happy this is happening, because, you know, I might go in September. But I mean, I've also, I've seen them six times. I'm going to try to get free tickets for us, and we'll, we'll go. <laughs> don't, don't try to trick your listeners into thinking you won't pay for the Black don't, Crows. Don't you pay you to wish, see Bombshell. Don't, pay to see the Black Crows. Don't you wish the Robinson brothers could get along as well as these guys? I can't. She understands my desire. I've been on the outside looking in. Let me into your heart. Is this a good song? I don't know. Yes, for that time period, but I'm past this music. This came out the same year as the first Black Crows album. Yeah, 1990. Wow. Maybe if you're twins, you you have that bond. I don't. I don't. That's a bond in <laughs> a bond in garbage music because that is that's just not swinging for I me. I really love that song. Uh, I, and again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's poppy, rocky, jangly garbage. You know Do you think I mean? it's so. toxic? <laughs> I think it's stupid. <laughs> I have to use your word. <laughs> no, look, I would admit it is. When are we doing that episode? By the way, All, Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get that taken care of. Let's do it. Let's lock that down. They probably live right down the street. Uh, Okay, here we go. Let's get into the first album, Mike. It came out February 13th, 1990. So this album is, what, 30 years old? Yeah. It's going to be 30 years old. And that's why they're touring. 30th anniversary. Yes. Shake Your Money Maker, five times platinum. A monolith. A gig- a just, it was just a monstrous album. You could not escape it. Five times platinum. Yes. MTV all over the place. I saw them on this particular tour because I was bouncing at the mm-hmm. time and working security. I saw them three different times with uh, three different bands. I saw them open for Hart. Mm-hmm. I saw them open for Clapton. I saw them then headline with Jellyfish opening for them. Wow. Yeah. Just It just so happened to be, I, I was just there working. They're a, they're a good opener for Hart and Clapton because I think they, they would uh, set a nice table, but... Not necessarily be able to blow either of those veterans off the stage. Did they give Hart some trouble? Well, no, because this is early on. They give Clapton trouble? Uh, again, I, that's what I'm saying. I saw them twice as they were becoming the Black Crows. Okay. You know, they, they were starting to get played on TV and that Hard to Handle went big. And that's around when they were with Clapton, I believe. And then I saw I paid to see them headline. It's with, Eric Clapton, right? Jellyfish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know Clapton. anyone else with the last name Clapton? Not really. No. No. Do you know any other Van Halens? Uh, no, but my buddy stayed at the Hotel Van Halen in Germany. Ooh. He mailed me the matchbook. Nine? <laughs> he was there nine days. Um, <laughs> so album. yeah, so they, I saw them, like I said, on that tour. But yeah, this album was gigantic at the time. Now, I can't pronounce this guy's name, but this album was produced by George Draculius. Draculius? Draculius. All right. Don't go to his castle at night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I consider him the sixth member of this band because he produces the first two albums and I think it really set the 
tone and set the sound. And who's their manager? Do you know who their manager is? Oh, yeah, uh, Pete Angelus. That's right. Am I saying his name right? Pete Angelus. And who else did Pete Angelus manage? (laughs) uh, Van Halen. Uh, David Lee Roth. And David Lee Roth. Did he... I don't no, think he managed Van Halen. No, just Dave. Yes, after Dave, uh, I yeah. mean, Heatman Smile stuff. He's in. He's in those videos. He's in the Going Crazy video. He's the yeah. guy with the the crazy and the the guy that reminds me of uh, of oh, who's the guy in Schitt's Creek? Harold uh, Ramis? No. Oh, no, I'm sorry, uh, Eugene Levy. Yeah, he, he, yeah, that character in that video reminds me of Eugene Levy, the, the one in uh, in Going and in Heatman Heat Smile. Okay, doesn't he have like that all yeah, the hair? And Yankee and the, Rose. Yeah, the Yankee Rose when he comes walking in, and he goes, "Yeah, I always hang out with two of them because it's better for conversation. <laughs> See if there binds up being any. I don't gotta be involved. Forget about it, Dave. Yeah, that's that guy. That's Pete Angelus. <laughs> what would Dave order if he went to a, I don't know a Seven Eleven? I I would imagine I could look. I can. A bottle of anything mm-hmm. and probably a glazed donut. Let me ask you, you this. Wait, what? Does he eat it there? Oh, it's to go. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> These are conversations. If we did this in front of my wife, she'd go. I can, are you kidding I me? We're doing it here. I can hear her rolling her eyes where she is now. <laughs> she can sense it. There's a disturbance in the pat force. <laughs> All right. Let's get it. Let's get into it, Mike. Let's do it. Five times platinum. What's your first tune from... Shake your moneymaker. And by the way, feel free to shake your moneymaker. My first tune is, uh, for me, a quintessential Black Crow song. I mean, I, you know, the other ones were bigger hits, but this still also was a hit. But when you hear this, you go, holy shit, that's the Black Crows. It's Jealous Again. You can hear every influence. And I wouldn't be surprised to hear Rod Stewart sing this song. Yeah, definitely a Faces influence. Definitely a 70s Stones influence. Yep. I love the box set that they released. They remastered, I think, the first five albums, and the box set was called Show Enough. You know, it's funny. I put a list together for you, right? So I go back and listen, then you revisit, then you're kind of into them a little bit again. I, I get goosebumps every time I hear that goddamn song, every single time. Just that just that phrasing, because he's he's so rock star. He's yeah. so fucking good as a frontman rock star. Yeah. And just, you know, we be on a Sunday. Just those, those, those toothpick legs right? in the leather pants the or whatever. straight fucking pin straight hair. Yeah. He just looks like, he looks like a Todd Rundgren t-shirt come to life. <laughs> He's so fucking great. Uh, I went with, uh, with another, I mean, I feel like I know all the songs on this album weren't a hit, but it feels like they're all hits. Yes. Because this is such a strong album. I went with Twice as Hard. All songs written by Chris and Rich. Chris and Rich. Except hard to handle. If which you're is in the cover. studio, if you're in the studio with those guys and you're you're mm-hmm. hearing this, like it's it's those 
you know, the always hears guy talks about moments where they're like, when you hear mm-hmm. something, you're like, oh, they, when the Guns N' Roses album is getting recorded, they talk yeah. about appetite. They're just like, oh my Christ. And that, if you hear him just belting, tell me I'm raw, and you're going, oh my God. Yeah. This is like, you're like, oh, this is what we've, this is what we've been needing on the radio. Complete again. magic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Christ. So good. Five million copies. Yeah. It's a ton. Seems light. Honestly, because it's been in our lives for 30 yeah, years. Yeah. So to me and you, I mean, again, like I said, you could not escape mm-hmm. that album, that MTV yeah. and all the stuff. And like I said, I saw them on tour. I just happened to be, they were, they were opening for everybody. That was another thing. They, they, I don't, you know, it's so changed. They now, worked the hard. Industry. Yeah, that's the thing. They beat fucking leather. They were, they were yep. in the bus and the van and they were making their bones everywhere. Because yep. whereas now you can put out a fucking viral thing and you're gigantic. Um, back then, you know, you still had the grind, man. Yeah. And, Are you and, hearing a high pitched? I'm not. All right. Other than Sorry. my own tinnitus. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. They they were they worked because yeah. it's like it now is our time. Mm-hmm. We have to do this right now. We, we don't get another shot to to start. Right. This is it. Let's yeah. do it. And and also because this is a uh, and I'll this will segue into my next song choice. You know th- this you can get really like remember Kingdom Come with Zeppelin. You know, and yes. everybody's like, oh my God, this fucking, these phonies trying to be like this or whatever. Yeah. And Greta Van Fleet is getting a lot of that now. And you're yeah, just there's like, a, there's mm. always like a Zeppelin clone that comes around once in a while. And that's, and so these guys could have very easily been buttonholed into that. Like we just said, the faces yeah. are all these knockoff stones and people tried that. Um, but then on this album, again, there's the hits, which are monsters, yeah. of course, hard to handle, which we, we've talked about. Mm-hmm. She talks to angels, goes crazy. But, uh, but this song that I chose showed me they were serious. This is them. This is, they are, they are their influences. And that's a song called seeing things. I find it hard to shed a tear. Brought it on yourself, my dear. And wrong, yes, I may be. Did you hear that? It sounded like he sang a, a bum note there. <laughs> it might have been me. Oh, okay. Uh, see, there's, a, there's a line out there when, he's, uh, uh, when he says, sorry ain't nothing to me. It's just it's one of my favorite lines in a song. Sorry ain't nothing to me. It's just oh, <laughs> gorgeous. The difference is like a band like Kingdom Come, they come along and, they, and, they, and they're, just, they're just this one thing. But this band, they have soul. Yeah. They have blues. They rock. Country. They rock country. They yeah. rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Uh you know they're from Georgia, so they have those roots. And you know he I mean? he commands your eye the second he comes mm-hmm. out. Yeah, I and mean, I've like I said, I've seen him solo. I've seen them six times, and he's just he's so magnetic on they, stage. There's something different when a band like a Kingdom Come comes out. They're just another 
guys with long hair playing. You can, and it's not bad. I love that no. kind of stuff. I mean, if you want to, you can ape anything. I yeah, mean, if you yes. set the right pedals and you get the right sound mm-hmm. through the right fucking amps, you yeah. can sound like anybody if you really want to. Yep. I mean, there's a great, it's funny, there's a great, um, in the Kiss cover album, Extreme does strutter. Yeah. And there's a great thing at the end where he he screams, you know, when she when she wants, you know, it's it's a Gary Cherone screams, mm-hmm. and it sounds exactly like Paul Stanley, yeah, and it's part Cherone and part whatever the fuck they did in the studio. So you can right. make yourself sound like anything, especially now. Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> forget now Pro Tools and everything, forget it. But back then, you can clearly hear everything that they, all of their influences are, are on display constantly inside them and in the music they make. We could make an album, you and I. Yeah. Are you, I'm, well, tonight? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> all right, why not? Yeah, no, we could, if you got buttons to push and all that other kind of nonsense, mm-hmm. of course, but these, you can't argue with, with real. Look these at the guys. facility I have here to record <laughs> with, Mike. Look at that. There's knobs here. Look at the Partridge family on the screen. This is so funny. This, the, how many knobs are on here? Just at first glance, how many knobs do you think are on there? Uh, 35. I used three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with using one tenth like, of your output. I don't even know. Like, I've even had guys that, that know this board come over and do tweaks and stuff for me and, yeah. and do templates and all this kind of stuff. And literally the guy would be like, don't touch any of these. <laughs> it's well, like that. Well, it's it's funny. Like, well, that, why are they here? When I had a producer from my podcast, I go to Lily's house and she worked in radio forever. Mm-hmm. So she had a board. Yeah. So I recorded through the board and then she'd edit the show or whatever I'd bail. Well, since, you know, four years now, three years, I just recorded on a laptop in my computer. Sounds exactly the fucking same. I know. It's funny. Yeah. I just, I really just need the board because the music has to go through the board. Sure. And then into the uh, garage band. All right. You mentioned. Don't touch it. that one. No, that's one because it has oh, tape on I'm it. I'm sorry. Okay, my fault. Because when they didn't have tape on it, this is the one that I—that's the music, the fade I up see. and down. So it looks just like in a studio when I they would put your, tape on it. I saw you reaching. I was a little worried. I don't want you to touch the wrong one. You mentioned this song, but how can I not play? She talks to angels. Phenomenal. It's, you just can't avoid it. Everyone put their Bose headphones on because it sounds amazing. Yes, she tell you she's an orphan. Did you say something? I said you got to put your Bose headphones on because it sounds amazing. Oh, I had the noise canceling on my Bose headphones. I didn't hear you. <laughs> I put on the toxic canceling. <laughs> All the things I listened to are good then. So much going on yeah. in this song. And timeless. You're hearing it 30 years later. It sounds, yeah. It's completely fresh. I was and amazed how great these albums sounded when I was going through them in preparation for this. Because I'm like a casual fan. Mm. But I feel like like I'm a, a, big, a bigger fan because we're doing this. Now, I did Ted Templeman... Was he involved in, in with them? Didn't no. he produce something? I thought no. for sure. Hmm. No. My fault. I thought but you yeah. had no... You, you, do you not have knowledge? <laughs> yeah, an encyclopedic knowledge. Uh, no, no. To my, to, now, someone might say, oh, no, he helped with it. I don't know, but I didn't yeah. think so. Uh, maybe I'm just because the Angelus connection, I'm making the Van Halen leap or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, you, you go back and listen, because I did the same thing. I I loved these guys at a time. You know, yeah. Like I said, I've seen them six times. I've mm-hmm. gone to see them and stuff. I have Chris's solo uh, stuff. I didn't, Rich's solo stuff is, 
kind of I don't care for it. Well, he he needs the band. He really does. I mean, he, I mean, he's a very good guitarist. He's yeah. really good, and he writes great he songs. Is, yeah. It's just, but the charisma's Chris. It just is. It's like it's like Ray and Dave Davies. Dave needs to be with Ray. Yeah, like Ray can make a solo album. People go, hey, that's great. And then Dave, you're like, mm. has Dave tried to do? Because I, I don't know much about the. Kids. Oh yeah, Dave Dave Davies has solo albums. He I saw him. I saw him at the Roxy. He was great, but okay. he played. A lot of kink songs, you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Sure, yeah, exactly. Um, but because okay. Chris Chris's solo albums, well, we can get that later. But there's there's some really good stuff on there. How many solo albums do you think does he have? Well, I have the the one I really like is the one where it's the New Earth Mud. It's Chris Robinson and the mm-hmm. New Earth Mud, and then he wound up with the other the new band that put up I think four solo albums. I say this phrase so much on this show, but there's value in the name, guys. <laughs> Chris there's... Robinson and New Earth Mud. No, the Black Crows. <laughs> Um, that's your money maker, guys. Yeah, so yeah. Get out there and shake it. And they're doing it. That's right. Okay, 1992, two, two and a half years later, we get the Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. I can't think of a better follow-up album to the first album. It's again, it's, it's like they super took strong. what they do, and they had they were empowered by the fact that they they were now stars. So they were like, yeah. okay, let's bring to bear more of our influences and more of our country and more mm-hmm. of our stuff. And yeah, and and it's it is it's really great. Again, produced by uh, George Draculius. And the Black Crows, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to follow up, you know, Appetite with the Destruction, <laughs> Appetite with the Destruction. <laughs> it's, you know, it's hard to sure. follow up those type of albums. Well, and like you just said, it's been, it's two and a half years and I'm, I'm betting two of those are on the road. Yeah. Because again, they're out there killing it and then they become yeah. headliners and they become yeah. bigger So they're huge. either writing this and recording it while they're on the road or these were other songs they still have. I don't know what. But. And I don't know anything about Grammys or American Music Awards. I'm sure they probably brought down uh, some of those. You know what I, I mean? I assume and, so. And so that's what I mean is that whirlwind two years, you can also, maybe you start doing drugs or you're like, oh, well, now we got it easy, but then you don't produce and then they make this album and you're like, oh, good. These guys are in it for the fucking long haul. No, but I got to look up something. I got to look up. Look it up. I'm looking up Grammys, Best New Artist, 1990. I just want to see if they're nominated for that. All right. They had to have been, right? I would hope so. But again, there was that faction of the industry who like, oh, it was Rolling Stones knockoff. So they did this or did that, you know, that sort right. of thing. And I mean, we even had friends who felt like that. Yeah. You know? Uh. <laughs> Okay. Yep, they were in nine in nineteen ninety one. Okay. They were, uh, they were nominated. Uh, Ninety was um, Nina Cherry, Indigo Girls, Tone Loke, Soul to Soul, and Millie Vanilli who won. I, I you know, it's funny because I thought the Vanilli year was ninety one. I would because yeah. I would have guessed that for sure. Well, I think. But well, that's it, a solid. It, that's a solid lineup of people. Okay. Now here's. I have. I think I have all of those albums. I like. like I have albums by all of those artists. Okay. You ready for who the Black Crows are up against? I am. And then you can tell me who wins. I will. The Black Crows. The Kentucky Headhunters, Lisa Stansfield, Mariah Carey, Wilson Phillips. Wilson Phillips wins. No. Oh, Mariah? Mariah. Okay, good. I hope so. Kentucky Headhunters. Uh, I'm sure they're... It's funny hearing them. I just go, eh, I probably like a Black Crows knockoff. <laughs> That's right. Doing them complete injustice. Uh, okay, here we go. The Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. Doesn't roll off the tongue. It does not. It does not roll off my tongue. What do you got for us? Uh, well, I, I gave you, did you, because uh, I gave you a parenthetical where I said I picked obviously the best song on the album, but I said if you were going to pick that, give me a different because then we can have I, some variants. I gave you a different. Oh, good. Okay. So then my first song is uh, the one that starts with B? Yes. All right. Terrific. Uh, this is a fantastic song. Uh, not a hit, but still just, it, you can hear them in every single fucking note of it. Bad luck, blue eyes, goodbye. Goodbye. 
and I'm not this guy to like bluesy fucking but the way they do it it's just magical man. that's how I am too like if, if, if Rod Stewart does it or the face yep. it, it depends on who does it because if you just throw me an album of this I'm like boo see them in a studio yeah. with like a hundred candles burning you know what i mean and just, and just dim light and just them man pot, pot. weed smoke every fucking where man and i again i am not bluesy joe i'm not that fucking dude <laughs> but but there was something about they the way they interpreted it for me it completely worked knock knock who's there bluesy bluesy who bluesy joe oh it's not me <laughs> okay i went with a hit because i've always loved this song so i cannot not play sting me what? Excuse me. Sting me. Sting me is your choice. Mm-hmm. Are you calling that the hit? Love the background vocals. So good. And they've always had it live, dude. They got like four girls, always. Also, I like to uh, like to comment on the cover art. Uh, the covers uh, for these first two albums are fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's just just perfect. Yeah, it's just perfect. Yeah, because you because they know who they are and you yep. know who they are exactly. Whenever uh, yeah, whenever it's uh, whenever they try to make someone look like they don't look, yeah. it just doesn't work. Yeah, either by either way, whether they try to clean them up or they try to dirty them up, right? You know what I mean. You always wind up going, "Well, that's fucking phony." Like if these, you take just, Joe and you try to bluesy him up can't to it. make him bluesy Joe. No, 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 that's not him. You give me Joe, I'm on board. I'm on board with Joe. No, thank but you. Not blue, no, no, fuck that. What do you got for me? Uh, well, you know, with more alliteration being the theme, with uh, first we went bad luck, blue eyes, goodbye. Uh, we're going to go with sometimes salvation as my second choice off this album.
hard to cue these songs up because there's so much yeah. going on. There's so much, many levels. It's hard to find like, oh, this is the perfect moment for our 30 to 45 seconds. So a couple of clips are a little longer, but... Is, isn't it... It just it's just amazing to me that that someone could be that dialed in and tuned yeah. into who he is and what he does. I, I mean, we say that a lot with artists, and you hear them, and you when you see purity in an artist, you just go, Jesus Christ! I mean, you know, because again, there's nothing fake about Chris Robinson. He's he's probably a jagoff. You yeah. know, he's probably just not a great guy. He probably doesn't suffer fools very well. Right. Like like Maynard from Tool. You know, like just these dudes who are just like, but what they do, they do astonishingly fucking well. And there's a reason they have that yeah. kind of carriage about them. It's because they're really fucking good. I agree. These two brothers, they know each other too. They, I mean, they know who they are. That just sounds like someone poured a bottle of syrup into a guitar. Came out in 2010, that song. Did it? It literally sounds like the one from 1990. It just it When you're tired of being his plan B, call me. Oh, boy. <laughs> is that, but that, that, but is that a, let me ask you this, is that a commentary on the woman's right to choose? Is that a, a plan B reference for these guys? From Nelson, I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the real song. This is the Black Crow's Remedy. A perfect song. This was the single, and when it, they released it, you were just like, yes. Yeah, you're like, of course. Yep. Thanks, guys. Yep. Brendan O'Brien is the engineer on this. He went on to work with many people. Pearl Jam, Springsteen. For as great as they are, though, no, no, like Billboard top two, two top uh, forty, um, hard to handle. That doesn't that doesn't hard to handle. Twenty six. Okay. She talks to angels. Number thirty, and then but this but this was that's it. But honestly, they were they were a big MTV band. Yeah, yeah, those they, first were, two they albums. were. So they they were. That, you know, she talks to angels was on all the fucking time. And again, I hate to say it, but I mean, grunge was happening. They they happened right when grunge was happening. Happening. Oh sure. So this was your alternative yeah. if you weren't into that. But also, you, you know, we mentioned this though, like you said, uh, hard to handle twenty six, and uh, what was the other? She talks to angels. She talks to angels. Uh, 30. Okay, but think about that now. That album sells 5 million copies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With only two charting that, singles, nothing higher than 26. Yes. That's an album band, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And, and we don't have those anymore. No. 
No, we know. Or is everyone an album band now? Because uh, technically, yeah. But I'm, but what I'm saying is like, so you 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 bought this album to hear. And that's why I want, why I'm, it's fun to go deep on these and why yeah. I'm picking these different songs because everybody knows. Again, there's these six hard rock staples that play on radio all the goddamn time. But but to hear a seeing things or something like that, or to hear a, a, a bad luck blue eyes goodbye, you're just like, oh, okay, these are. They have so much to offer, and it's a, it's a shame that this. The, you know, look, you name a band, I can tell you the three songs that get played. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's stupid. All right, we go two and a half years later, 1994, an album called Amorica, only goes gold in the U.S. This is their last time getting uh, awards, like, you know, golden platinum awards. Well, now, well, now you're well into grunge, and now yeah. they're, you know, they are, and because also, this is the thing, they're taking... They're doing the old school artist thing where they're taking two and a half years between albums. Right. And, you know, that whole strike when the iron is hot and put out a single a week that you got now. Right. Yeah, you know, they're they're crafting. They're going, all right, let's do this and do that. And also mm-hmm. I will say, this album comes out and it's they've their country influences start to take over a little yeah. more. And they really start to lean into the bluegrass country, their their influences very for me, this is when I kind of wavered. I was like, yeah, maybe the first they shouldn't have. Yeah, I, it would have been nice, you know, do half an album like that, in my opinion, you know, and then do half, because you still have other influences that you could be true to, you know what I mean? I, but then, and that's just me. That's just my own thing. But Amorica, for me, mm-hmm. was the part, the part where I kind of, I pulled back a little bit. And I was like, ooh, boy, because this is, they made, me, they made me like a style of music I never really was into before right. with the first two albums. And then the third album, they fucking bent big on it. And I and I couldn't follow them to I mean I like, you know, again, I liked it. I wonder how far our fans will go with this. Well, they but that was the thing is I don't think they, that's how they felt. They were that's how I feel about the two of them is they're just like, we make music, fuck you. I hope people yeah. like it. You know, that would be cool. Because again, you can have that attitude when your first two albums, one of them goes fucking five times platinum. That's the that's the that's the John Mellencamp 2015 yeah. type person. I'm just gonna, you know, I got it. a studio in my house, I'll go in and record what I want. And if you yeah. fucking like it, that's cool. Yeah, I make it for me. Good luck. Yeah. And I think these I think they're very much like this, which is why then to see them re-embrace. Uh like I, I, I you know, I'd like to see the set list from what they're doing here. Uh, in on this oh, tour, it's all hits. It's got to be, you know it's what I mean. Be. It's like, but Look, also though, Mellon Camp can make that shit music, and then he still goes and plays Pink Houses and Jack and Diane, yeah. and but I, mean, I saw them down. headline the Greek, and I saw them headline the Palladium. You know what I mean? And 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 they have hardcore people who love them and love what they do. So I'm I'm interested to see how they balance it with like hey, a like, like a hardcore like a, a Fish or a Grateful Dead type. Yeah. Um, People who, Fan base. who exactly people who are on board with them, and, and that's why it's interesting for me to see what they're going to do on this big tour because you got to balance. Hey, man, we got to sell out a fucking arena on on the thirty years of nostalgia with the Black Crows, but also we wouldn't mind doing a fourteen minute jam here while Chris has a bottle of wine. You know what I mean? And so it's there are fans who love that and are indulgent and let them do that. I saw them in Vegas and it was fucking awesome. I actually have it because that that they were one of the first bands that was selling the CD after the concert. So I have yeah. a CD of when they play. They have a, oh, they do a fucking. They close with tumbling dice. It's a fucking phenomenal version. A, a, a perfect song for them. To it cover. was great. It was so great. And uh, and it's just it's you know they've done what they've wanted for a very long time. So this one is kind of tricky for me because it's almost like they have masters to serve on this tour, and they're not usually that's not who they are as artists. Maybe I was wrong about Mellencamp. I'm looking at one of his most recent set lists. He starts with Lawless Times, uh, takes that right into Troubled Land. All right. Then he does Minutes to Memories. Song four, Small Town. We get Small Town. He's giving us something. But boy, Minutes to Memories. I'd love to see that live. I'd yeah. be so happy. Then he goes into Long Gone, uh, Stones in My Passway. 
Oh my. We are the people. Now at this point, you're like, what the fuck? What is he gonna You know who's mad at that point? The farmers. They're like, hey, <laughs> dude, you're trying to save us, right? Like play something people want to hear. They're gonna leave. He closes out. I'll tell you this. He closes out strong. Rain on the Scarecrow, Paper and Fire, Crumbling Down, Authority Song, Pink House's Cherry Bomb. Holy fuck. There you go. So there. He closes it out strong, but, uh, you know, tough it out. You got to tough it out, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first half's for me. Second half's for yeah. you guys. That's right. fine. That's cool. You done a Cougar show? You done a, you done a Mellencamp show? Yeah, I did do a Mellencamp show. Do you have a guest or just you? Uh, my, friend from, uh, my friend from high school, Jim Schultz, because okay. he's a big Mellencamp fan. That Scarecrow album, I can still hear oh, it in sequence in my head. It Ken, was just, you couldn't stop listening Kenny to it. Kenny Aronoff signed that for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. I Ubered Kenny Aronoff. There's my Kenny Aronoff story. <laughs> That's good, though. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> and now, he, did, you, did you let him know that you knew that he was Kenny Aronoff? Because he's, if you know, if you know music, he's super recognizable. Yes. Like, there's no way. I did not let him know. But I, but I, uh, I was, I kept playing classic rock stations, hoping mm. to find, like I was waiting for Cougar to come on. I was praying something <laughs> that I knew he played because he's in that video. He's in the Hurt So Good video. He's so fucking yep. prominent. And I was waiting, and I so I kept playing, and we had he talked music. Yeah, like I forget, like it was, uh, was it Jane by Jefferson Starship? Something came on, and he's just like, oh boy, that guy's voice. Like he would every yeah. time a new song would come on, or then a Stone song, he'd go, you can't get, you can't beat these guys. Like, <laughs> and it wasn't even like we were talking. He would right. just say it. Just like, say it. He was so he loved music oh so my much. God. What's funny is uh, three songs that he did play on probably played, but you just didn't know it. Of course, he, I mean, <laughs> he he plays drums on uh, uh, Belinda Carlisle. Heaven is a place on earth. Really, I mean, he plays drums on. So many, if you start to dig into these guys that do session work, yeah. you're like, what? That's, you know what I mean? Sure. They play on everything. I let him know when I, dro- I dropped, because I took him to LAX mm-hmm. and I dropped him off and I said, hey, Mr. Aronoff, I know who you are. I just wanted to, and he was very, he was very gracious mm-hmm. and super nice. And, but I had to tell him just right. because I didn't want to, you know, what's funny. I would have, it would have been a betrayal of myself to pretend like I did. I, I was proud that I knew it was fucking Kenny Aronoff yeah. the second I saw him. So to be able to say that to him when he left was cool. You know what I mean? That but, is cool. But uh, yeah, so I, but I kept waiting for something that was, because again, you're right. I wouldn't know. Yeah. But there was some, I was praying for a specific yes, one please, to come out. Please. Come on. <laughs> is, uh, how's he tip you? Does he tip? Uh, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I he tipped me with his presence. <laughs> yeah. I don't recall, because this is a long, this is a few years ago before okay. Uber was saying, hey, you can tip a okay. lot. So that was when they were still kind of on the bandwagon of, hey, don't tip anybody. You know what I mean? Um, do you tip within the app? You can now. You couldn't then. I don't. I really don't remember. I don't. I don't know. I just know he was friendly, and we had a very nice. Uh, uh, you know, much much better than the guy from the Smashing Pumpkins. That's all I'll say. <laughs> wait, <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, wait. Which, which guy? Um, a guy who's a friend of Billy's and claimed to be a tour manager. Okay. All right. That's all. He's not. It wasn't Billy or, or okay. you know any of any of the the band members. But uh, but he this guy was just a cunt. Like I pulled up, and he had a and he was super nice in the car. But he had a giant like steamer trunk, like fucking James Stewart, and it's a wonderful With life. Smashing pumpkin yeah. stickers on so, it. So and he was gonna he was meeting them in Chicago for a tour or whatever the fuck. So you know he and James and fucking Billy he kept you know believe me that's their names Billy and James. Oh, well, I guess I, I would have wanted to pull over and let him. out. But he was friendly. He was super nice. Sounds and, like he's not. But he when I pulled up, he had the steamer trunk and he stood there. And then I was like, all right. So then I got out and mm-hmm. I put the steamer trunk in the car. And then I, he was going to the airport with his flight. We were early for his flight. So he had me drop him at a bar in Venice. And I pulled over and, and he, he, did, he got out of the car and he just stood there. And I so because I, again, I don't have to get your luggage out of the fucking for car. For him? Yes. He basically, he basically waited for me to get his things out of the car. People do it all the time. Oh my God. So, and, and, and then they don't tip. And he did not. 
And that was the thing is like, I mean, this is heavy. And I mean, and he even mm-hmm. kept saying, he's like, oh yeah, I'll take care of you. I'll definitely take care of you. You know, we're going on the tour and blah, blah, blah. And then people will do that all the time. And then they don't give you a fucking dime. And you're like, all right, you stroke, you know, don't, I just don't even lie to me. I don't care if you, if you just, that's fine. But yeah, but yeah. So he, that guy was bad. He sounds like a dick. He wasn't cool. I didn't dig him. He oh. claimed to have, I think he had went to high school with Billy. He'd been with the band from the beginning or Great. whatever. He was a tour manager or whatever the Great. fuck he was. I don't, and again, I don't know if any of it's even true. Yeah. He looked like Teddy Zigzag. My, uh, <laughs> Teddy Zigzag's cool. Of course. But I'm just saying he looked, that was the look, you know, the, um, <laughs> my story like this is when at the funny firm, you've heard this before. Maybe I've said it here before. When I met Sam Kinison's brother, he came up to me and he said, hi, I'm Sam Kinison's brother. <laughs> and that's it. Does, didn't say I'm Bill Kinnison, Sam's brother. Didn't say I'm Sam Kinnison's brother, Bill. Yeah. Just, Hi, I'm Sam Kinnison's brother. Yeah. So hello, Sam Kinnison's brother. <laughs> <laughs> and how are you? Yeah. I know what you do. I'm nothing. Kyle Dodson's uncle. It's I know. nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you are? are you? Well, I, you know, I have a story just from this week because my friend Brian is the bass player in Cracker. Okay. Uh, you know, with Dave, with, um, and thank you for the invite to the show, but of I could course. not go. I was going to see Bombshell. Um, so, uh, <laughs> they were, <laughs> so they were at the, the Pentag- Pentagram theater. I don't know what the fuck it's called. I don't know where the kids go. Yeah. Down, it was close between near downtown in Koreatown. Mm-hmm. And so I went to see, it was camper van Beethoven, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so Lowry does both shows and stuff and Brian comes out with the band and they play for cracker. So at the end I, you know, I wait for my friend. Yeah. And, um, People are kind of milling about, and anybody with a pass can stick around. Right. Did you so, have a pass? Uh, no, I'm just on the list. You know, okay. I get in. Um, so Brian, I get in there, and I see Brian. Did uh, you ever think we would be on the list for anything? Never. Not in a million a fucking pass years. or anything? Maybe when you're little small, you thought, I'd have a list for people to be on. <laughs> but I never made the leap to, I should be on a list for people. You know what right. I mean? I'm it's just It's stupid. Well, again, when I, when I think of the fact that my friend is the bass player in Cracker, mm. like I thought about making that friendship through my show or right. however the fuck it just seems. Cause again, dude, fucking Vernon Reed, the guitarist from living color listens to my podcast. Yeah. He wrote crazy. me on Twitter. It was just like, what the hell? Yeah. I, I, it's insane. Well, so I mean, when David Wilde invites, invites me to, to watch yeah. the Grammy rehearsals, I'm like, what? Huh? Yeah. Uh, and, and then you're like, what? I, and, and yet, is, right. And then you're the like guy who dream. thinks, right. But then you apologize for seeing a hundred movies. You got to keep up with the wilds of the world. <laughs> um, so I go to go see Brian and I walk up to Brian and he's got his, his cousin was there and I met his cousin and then he goes, Hey, do you know? And he turns around and he has three friends there. And one was Jeff and one was Mark and one was another guy. And I met them all. Now, Mark is Mark DiCarlo who is uh, from, who hosted Studs, Studs. and is a stand-up. And yes, he hosted, have, he, hosted, uh, he hosted Taste of America, yes. which is the show I worked on for five years. Yeah. And he and I have mutual friends and, and all that stuff. And I just ran into him a, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. At a, at a, <laughs> here, if we're going to tell stupid s- stories, a couple weeks ago... Well, let me finish mine. Well, just because I'm inserting okay, Mark okay. DiCarlo. Go ahead. A couple weeks ago, my, my friend Gabe Kaplan invites me to a... <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. To a, a, a stage reading of his, uh, of his new screenplay, and Mark DiCarlo is one of the guys reading apart yeah. and then when i get there gabe goes yeah, you want to read a poem you want to read some parts i said yeah. okay and so it's just crazy yeah, rick overton's there it's like what's going on makes why am i doing this right makes no sense okay good no i'm sorry so the de oh, no, are just there. The, the point is that uh when uh, brian turns he goes hey this is jeff and this is mark and mm-hmm. mark's like hi i'm mark and i go hey mike nice to meet you even though i know who he is and we have mutual friends right, exactly but again he doesn't go i'm mark de former host of studs you know no, what i mean it's no, like not he's at all. just a just a guy we're you, all just guys you shook mark de hand of course i did he has a gigantic hand yes I mean, I have a tiny hand. Yeah, no, I can palm a basketball, so it wasn't that big to me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking some, about, He's Frank. got some... He's got some mitts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Amorica. 
That's the next time, sure. Well, we've there's a reason we're putting off talking about it. Uh, So George Draculius is gone now. They're working with a guy named Jack Joseph Puig. I don't know who he is, but he's probably someone of note. Mm. (laughs) Uh, The album cover. That's a, is that a woman or a man? It's a woman's body. It's a, it's, it's a, a fa- woman. It was a hustler, 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 yes. hustler cover. cover. Yes. Yeah. And it's got, it's got a very tiny, uh, uh, bikini bottom, uh, with, uh, pubic hair overflowing, sticky, yeah. overflowing out the top. And, and it was so censored when, in, in a lot of places. Yeah. When it was sold in like your Kmart or somewhere, it was just like a triangle yeah. over black. Okay. Whatever. It's nothing. <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It, but they. It, yeah. But I love the cover. I mean, I, I love that. That's a brilliant photo. It always yeah. has been. Yeah. Uh, Amorica, like amoral and America together. Is that what it means? I don't know, dude. Maybe. <laughs> you hate this album so much. It just, it was such a disappointment to me. Because yeah. I, I, again, I was falling in love with a style that I never really cared for. And they made it in a way where I really wanted to listen to I was on board. I yeah. was like, they, everything. And I was with them. I'm like, I'm anything. They, the first two albums closed me. Whatever you guys got, I'm in. All right. And then this one came out and I went, oh boy. Let's do it. All right. What do you got? Uh, well, uh, my first one is, is actually one of those songs that has survived to, to their last tour that they play all the time wow. live. It's on live albums. Uh, and it's uh, for me, it's, it's the best uh, song on the album. And it, there is one thing I will say this. Uh, oftentimes with these guys, and it's an old school thing to do, mm-hmm. and they do it uh, it's with regularity, the best song on the album is the first they always lead with their fucking best shot yeah. on every single album. Yeah, and this I, mean, is, I did notice that listening yeah. to these. I'm like, oh, that's a great one. Always. They jump, you, they jump you from the beginning, and they did it on Amorica with this album and this song, Cursed Diamond. I freeze myself Rain on myself Okay, so I stone myself and I might even find myself But then again What happens if I do So unzip my pride Baby, open me up wide now So I can show this to you Now, I do have to tell you that Cursed uh, Diamond is the fourth song on the album. Oh, my fault. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that, that song for me is, uh, again, they're, they're just, mm-hmm. they, this was a linear move from Southern Harmony and, and, and because they leaned into their jamming uh, influence and stuff more than yeah. leaning into the, the, the faces or the, the right. kind of the Southern rock or even that sort of stuff. They leaned more into the jammy kind of slow dirgy. I only want jamming live. If it's live, you can jam. I and won't they, even know that do. 20 minutes has passed. Yeah, they do. And they're good at it. Unless it's prog rock, then I expect there to be jamming on the album. You know what I mean? Right. I expect them to be the prog rock bullshit. That noodling. <laughs> <laughs> That's not prog at all. They're not going that fast. Sorry, come on That was very prog. Well, the guitar note, yeah, but the drums are. Chimes. 
don't know what the chimes do. Okay, <laughs> to go with what you said, I do have the first song on the album because it is a jam. It's called Gone. My fault. saw a movie uh, a year or two ago. I can't remember the title of the movie, so it hurts the story a little bit. But in the, in the person's apartment, they had the Amorica uh, album cover poster hanging up. Oh, okay. The, the, the uncensored version. Right, right. And uh, this, was a, this, was a, this was a movie that was uh, based on uh, someone's life or something. So it was like, a, you know what I'm saying? Sure. So it was time stamped. I see. And as soon as that poster came up, I was like, no, that album wasn't even released when the movie was supposed to be taking place. Okay. But was it just the framed print of the Hustler cover? No, no. It was the Black Crows album. It was the Black Crows album. It wasn't that that album. That photo is like from like 78 or something. Yeah. No, it it said Amorica. It said Amorica on it. Uh, So I was like. That'll throw you. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, because as soon as I saw it, I actually pulled my phone out in the theater, you know, put it. Was this the new Star Wars? <laughs> no, did no? you see it yet? Not yet. No. So good. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, again, I, um, that's the same same deal where I've heard people love it, people hate Lorraine it. Lorraine so. Newman tweets uh, today. She tweeted. Um, she tweeted a black and white cartoon of an old guy on his deathbed, and his family's all around his bed, and he says, "I wish I would have argued more on social media about the new Star Wars film." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> and it just craziness. made me laugh. I'm like, that's true. I get it. All right, Mike. Next on Amorica. Uh, next choice uh, is is uh, uh, I even told you uh, you know I, it was harder for me to pick a second song because even the one you just like Gone is a great song, but yeah. it's not. It's not. But it's just, just it's missing something. Well, it's not. You can't dance to it. No. You know, like you remember you said earlier, you said they rock and they roll. Yeah. Not a lot of roll in this album. No. And this is where they started to get away from the roll. Yeah. Um, so I picked Ballad in Urgency because they still did this really well. And he, he just, he's just, his voice is amazing. And phrasing and everything. And lyrics. It's in him. He's a rock star. Yes. Ask yourself, because what's the use? It's just good luck. Yeah. Good luck. A black cat has crossed my path. Tell me what's good luck about that. And Cranking the tunes tonight. Yeah, they um, they still do that extremely well. They, I mean, yep. he, and again, it's just in him. He's not a phony, 
That, and that's the best part. I just think he's just, and again, like I said, he could be a lot of different things, but yep. he's not a fucking phony. And here's a conspiracy. Oh, you went with them? Okay. Yep. Look here. I like the guitar. Did you ever hear the one about last year? Said it was all a lie. What Lenny Kravitz song does this sound like? Oh, boy. Said what we're do, baby. All of them? <laughs> no, they hit a hit. There's a hit that it sounds like. Never stolen nothing. Huh. Did I not hear that before? You hear it though, right? Yeah. Love Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, it just it just leaped into my head as you yeah, played yeah, it. All of yeah. a sudden, I heard that riff. Um, it's, it's the headphones, Mike. And you know what? <laughs> of course, it is. These uh, and also my opinion on like Amorica and, mm-hmm. and you know. It says more about me than about the band. I mean, I, they went a certain direction and they leaned into those sorts of things. And that's just not something I love. I, I don't want to disparage this and say this is a bad album or a bad right. piece of work or whatever. It just doesn't, it just isn't what the first two albums were. Right. It's not what I was expecting. And they, they embraced a certain mm-hmm. side that they wanted to embrace. And that wasn't where I wanted to go is and all. As we know, there's probably someone out there that goes, oh, Amorica is my favorite Black of Rose course. albums. Yeah, and, and rightfully so. You know, it's as we know, and whatever the fuck it's Kick them right out of your pickup truck when they say <laughs> the Fuck out of here, bluesy Joe. Now, what did you say in your email about this next album, about Three Snakes and One Charm? What did you say? Well, uh, what did you say? (laughs) Read it. The first two albums are classics, all right? There's no doubt. But this might be my favorite album by the band. So what did you... You know why? Almost like because it was a sigh of relief (laughs) after after what I felt for Amorica. And I actually put parenthetically, I wrote Three Snakes, and I wrote, I'd rather pick four from this album than any from Amorica. Well, because of that, I didn't pick any from this. Really? I let you do it all. No way. That and is fantastic. This is also, and it's funny because it's the same producing team. It's this uh, Jack Joseph Puig working again with the Black Crows. I, lo- I love this album. I just do. It has my favorite Black Crows song. Cool did you put did you do them in order here? Yes. Uh, you can just yell out whatever. I, I think I have them in order. It's okay. a cool album cover too. It's one of those little discs, plastic yeah, yeah. discs that used to For go you, in a, a 45, 45, but then they're snake heads because yes. little... Uh, tongue hissing out yeah, there. I dug and it's it. just a simple, it's a simple cover, but it's it works. Cool. Yeah. I uh, well, all right, because I, I will save my favorite song then for last of the four here. Okay. So you um, tell me what. Just tell me what to play. All right. Play. So go play. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is is uh, one of my choices so off this good. album. Yeah, it is. It's a heavy jam. Love it. And some roll is back. Yes. You know what I mean? It's, it, there's a hook in there. It's not just kind of a shapeless uh, wall of rock, mm. I guess is the way I'd put it. Um, I love this rock and roll thing. When uh, when Siegel and I saw Roger Daltrey be interviewed by uh, Jed Apatow, um, 
Judd said, uh, I think he said, I think the lead was, he said, Mick Jagger says they're the best rock and roll band of all time. And Roger Daltrey says, that's correct. And he goes, because the Who aren't a rock and roll band. We're a rock band. He goes, we don't roll. Oh, okay. Nice. And I thought, that's great. Yeah. I agree. That's perfect. the Stones do roll. Yeah. Oh, there's no yeah, doubt. They do disco. They do, they do all kinds of yeah. stuff. But the Who, they just rock. Let me ask you this. Mick, Mick brings the role, right? Would Keith just rock if without, without Mick? Or do you think Keith has, has the role? In, I mean, and I, look, vibe-wise, he can play it. Yeah, and Charlie, of course, is going to hold it down. He can play anything you ask him. Yeah, to play. I think I think mix the role, but mix the role clearly. Yeah, because you listen to the solo albums. Like I, I figured, Mick, oh, Mick, that's, a, that's Mick, a really good Mick point. Mick leans into the yeah. the dancey stuff, and and Keith leans even more into the the gritty bluesy rock sure. and roll. So yeah, yeah, because yeah, I picture them coming to write and and mix. You know, yeah. always I was in the Caribbean for months. You know what I mean? He's got I don't know why he's from Liverpool, but again, and he just shows up with like you know I he's got, I got a timpani and some finger symbols, and Keith's just like whatever. <laughs> yeah, but I have a guitar with one string. <laughs> not even, not even one string. Just the fucking guitar that he fucking just bangs on the fucking couch. Hilarious. What's your next song? Uh, let's go with Blackberry. All right. Hey, look, some roll. Yeah, see, dance to that. Coming up stage at the Seventh Veil. Nothing on. I was just gonna say, nothing on Amorica could be played in a strip club, even though the album cover indicates (laughs) the other. This this is. This would be like lava lamps and like fucking red light. And a camera zooming in and out on a chick mm-hmm. with like writing on her stomach. Mm-hmm. I love, uh, I, I really want to do an episode with songs that stop and then, you know, keep, okay. you know, but it's, it's so much like you can't Google. I mean, it's a lot of work because like sure. I would have to write down as I hear them, I'd have to catalog them. You well, know I'm going to tell, tell you this right now. You name that show. Don't, don't, don't let's start. And that's the first song you do by they might be giants. Cause literally the whole song is don't, don't, don't let's start. I got it. I got it. Like it stops and starts. So that's the name of the show. I just named it. I did it. Done. I'm, I'm done. We're done. We're done. Here's your episode. Finally, uh, finally doing an all cowbell episode. Oh my God. Are songs you really for fe- real? Yeah. Songs that feature cowbell. Oh. The Patreon people pick the songs. Oh, okay. That's just one of the things you get to do if you're a Patreon person. You get to do the work for me. <laughs> Look, it's, it's fucking January. This guy's got a hundred movies to see this year. Could you step up, please, Patreon people? I know. Come on. I gotta, what I gotta, the fuck is wrong with you? I got to buy tickets to Black Widow in May. He's got, he's got to get us in free to see the Black Crows in September for some weird reason. I, I, that's at the forum, right? Yeah. I have a forum connection. I think that can happen. I'm in. Because I still feel that's too big of a venue for them, so I don't think it's going to be hard to get tickets. I don't. Well, I mean, also, like, that's, like if they were at the Greek Theater, I go, we got to buy them. It's going to sell out. Well, I'd see them at the Greek again for sure. Yeah. But they've, um, they, they, that tour is, you know, September. We're we're five months in at that point, right? Yeah. Okay, so they'll have a pretty good idea of what's going on. Yeah, they'll, they'll, I, I'm interested to see what happens here, man. I really. So and these you, are big you, rooms. Yeah, th- that's what I mean. They might be curtaining that thing off, or uh, yeah. Oh, they'll be at the Roxy. 
<laughs> well, bigger cities are different. Uh, you know, LA is different. That's like true. I said, I saw them play. The, they sold out the That's Palladium true, because, here. That's um, because people from San Diego will come up. People yeah. from Orange County will come up. They're not like Kiss, you know, who's playing Valdosta. You know what I mean? Where you're just like, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you're back? You know what I mean? Literally, They're Kiss, coming to Staples again. Kiss is like the mailman. He's like, every day around noon, they can pretty much show up and they're going to play a song and you're fine with it. And Gene puts his dick in your mailbox. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, but but these guys, again, I'm, I'm interested. That's why I said it's interesting to see what's going yeah. to happen because there is money behind this and they're going to have to serve masters that they haven't served in the past. That's so right. We'll see. All right, what's your next tune uh, off of Three Snakes and One Charm? Well, we're going to bring it down a little bit here. We're going to go right. with a song that I enjoy called Girl from a Pawn Shop. With pawn shop eyes And a secondhand frown with pawn shop eyes and a secondhand frown. She sat silent at the table. Her boots were brown. Where should she leave town to play the role of lover expatriate? A nod to the waiter. She always gets one on the house. She pulls out a letter. Got some pedal steel on that. What if that was the only instrument you played? Do you play guitar? I pedal steel. <laughs> yeah, it. but what about good like acoustic? Nah. Mm, nah. I like sitting down. Pedal steel. Um, so they they've never stopped being able to do that. Right. That sort of thing. And, uh, and that leads to me to this song, which is my favorite blue uh, black crow song of all time. Of, of, of all time? I'm going to say of all time. Honestly, okay. this what is, is a song. It? it just, it, it, uh, it means a lot to me and it meant personally and, and for other reasons. You're going to cry? Um, perhaps. Who okay. knows? Uh, this is a song called Good Friday. The contempt in that high. We'll right. Don't say hi on the street. I know this will be awkward, but not for long. Be nice if this was in the set list. Cause soon you'll have a new boy to sing you songs. I will not forgive I will not forgive you. No, I will. Was that written for Kate? Uh, no, it's that's pre-Kate. That's pre-Kate Hudson. I believe so. Yeah. Oh, I thought they were married like in the heyday. Uh, I don't. Rem- I don't know. Why would I know. What, I don't know what it means to Chris. I know what it meant to me. So <laughs> that's a good. One. I can't speak. With it. Yeah, that that's is a great one. It's phenomenal, and it's just. It's just. Yeah, it's my favorite song by them. But it's so good. All right, we're moving on to. Uh, I like this album very much. They lean into their. Uh, into their, what do I want to say, pop rock kind of mm-hmm. on this one. 
and they work with a producer named Kevin Shirley. How many years later is this? This is uh, three years later. See, three and, and a half. They just they they're they like their they're downtime. On, they're on Columbia Records now. They were with a, they were on a Deaf America for the first two, then America, then Columbia. I think these are all under the same. Did Rick Rubin have any hand in the in the structuring and the sound in the first two albums? I mean, I know he was he was. Well, you've heard the story. He tells the story about what Rick Rubin tried to get them to change their name. Why? Um, because he wanted he wanted them to be the the Cobb County Crows yeah. and spell it with all K's. Uh, okay. Like well, literally, he tells that like, and he was just like, he goes, I he goes, I wanted, I told him to get the fuck out of the room. Like it was Chris Robinson tells, and you got to hear it. It's a great story. Well, he tells about Rick Rubin. No one would call their band that with all K's. This is in the early '90s when he was trying to get noticed. You know what I mean? It's like Boy. that's what that's because Rick, Rick Rubin came to see them. Then he pitched them on that. Now the album cover for this uh, is very like a glam shot of them, kind oh, yeah. of blue light. There, there. It's a band photo. Um, Kevin Shirley has worked with uh, Aerosmith, Iron Maiden. It, Kevin Shirley has produced an album, a Journey album with Steve Perry, one with Arnell, and one with uh, Steve Argieri. He's really? he's. Worked with uh, tons of people. I, I like Kevin Shirley a lot, and I think that might be why I like this album a lot. It's a good album. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start since you since you were yeah, fucking five in a row. <laughs> uh, uh, my first song is Kicking My Heart Around. tear it up straight up yeah yeah they're just it's and again like i said they have the, all of this in them um and when they when they focus on this kind of stuff and then the balance of I'm, i mean they can't they're just unstoppable this might be the album though where they're looking for chart success again yeah like you bring in that's why you bring in the, the dude who's work with journey and yeah. stuff like that because it captures them in a different light yep um well i i the song i well the first song i chose is uh <laughs> it's i don't it's called welcome to the good times i'll let it speak for itself first did oh, it make Santa's you coming. stop and think you're on the brink? Not to test you, cause you don't know how far you go. He's very prominent in the mix in this album. Yes. He's very forward. Yep. Did you make a big mistake? You curse your fate. And you wish you could leave this life for just one day. Ballads, jammy, pop rock, they're still the fucking Black Crows. They still sound like themselves. Welcome to the good times, honey. Did you bring your own parade? And welcome to the big time, baby. Time for a serenade. La, da, 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 da. There's your hook. Yep. The thing about Kevin Shirley, he Ooh. does he when he works with a band, he engineers it, he produces it, and he does the mix too. Yeah. So you 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 better like. Well, it's big for them to trust yeah, a guy to, to do trust that. Trust a guy, yeah. You know, because they, they they have no co-producing credit on this. It's Kevin Shirley. Wow. It's not Kevin Shirley and the Black Crows. It's not 
Count Draculus in the Black Robe. <laughs> or right. Puig, the Puigger. Nope. I got uh, coming up for you a little diamond ring. Oh, okay. Oh, it's funny. What? Tell me. I purposely Come didn't choose the songs. I thought you'd pick it. Oh, wow. Name. I love it. Well, do you want to play a game? It's straight. This sounds straight Otis so Redding. Yeah. You know, the guy that they covered. Now they know, yeah. they know how to do it, too. throw this to listeners if you like that song and you like that style there's a guy named eloy eli paperboy reed boy that's a go go again with that eli paperboy Paperboy reed Reed. okay and and it's so you'll see him and he's just a white dude in a sweater but he he sounds like the the soundtrack of every 60s fucking movie you've ever heard he has a song called are are you wasting uh, am i are you wasting my time i think it's called and i the, i heard it and i was just like you're kidding me i mean it, it sounds like what they were listening to at uh you know like otis day and the nights on animal De- animal house when they were at the at the like the frat party he just sounds like this 1965 he's unbelievable he's just this white dude he was on uh hall uh, what's mm-hmm. his name daryl hall's house or whatever the fuck uh the way did daryl hall has a tv show <laughs> he used to didn't he have a show where they all went to his house no, and they he cooked does. and ate food, right? Yeah, it's uh, something at Daryl's house. house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Eli Paperboy Reed was on there, and I was like, who's this dude? And then I, I went and looked for him. I'm like, oh, Live my from Daryl's house. Live from, okay. I, I make that joke because when I saw Hall & Oates in concert, he had a Live from Daryl's house t-shirt on. All right. He had it on his guitar strap, and he had a bumper sticker oh, on no. front of his keyboard. <laughs> oh, it's seriously? Like, yeah, we know. We get it, buddy. You're on TV. Yeah. I mean, what if what if, <laughs> what if Oates had like had like a, a Pilsner beer with his name, and he just <laughs> and he just like had had a big blow up uh, beer can on his side of the stage? Oates Pilsner. Yeah, you got to look. It's all about marketing now, man. I guess what, so. The streaming stole a little money. overdoing it. So if you like Diamond Ring, I would go listen to Eli Paperboy Reed because Jesus Christ, was it great? And then were they also like? Then she said my name, uh, which is uh, yeah, which is my next song I off know. of this album. Here we go. Again, I always like the funky. I love this album so much. It's amazing. I mean, it's crazy good. And I want to I want to thank you because uh, you know these are this is one of those bands like you love You're them. Welcome, I love Mike. them. I love them. You're well, welcome. I'm being honest. I I, I, know, I love them. I love them. And then you you forget them when you're forced to do homework for the show. Yeah. And then I went. I, yeah. I remembered how much I loved everything. You know what I mean? It yeah. brings them back because I I have playlists where you'll hear Good Friday or I'll hear in you know some of these songs I've picked. 
and uh, but not the deep cuts and not the album stuff. And then you go back and listen, and you like you rediscover. It's almost like again rediscovering a band for the first time, and it's just it's phenomenal, and you love it, and it's it's. Thank you. So thank you for asking me to do this because again, it brought back something. I, I couldn't love. think of anyone else that would that would uh, loves the Black Rose like you do. It brought it brought something I love back into my life, and I'm happy. All right, moving on to um, how do we go from this rocking jam of an album? What's in, the time frame again? Give me the span, the year um, span. January twelfth, nineteen ninety nine, and then the next album comes out May seventh, two thousand one. So two and a half years. Which is a standard for them. Yeah. And they're working with, um, and they have, they have like a super well-known producer on this album. Don was. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, that's big. Which is fine. But how do you leave behind after Kevin, Bob Shirley, whatever the fuck. Kevin Shirley. Okay. When he gets that out of you, why do you move on from him? I can only think that they, they maybe didn't like that. Didn't like going that poppy rock. I don't know. I just don't know. Or maybe they thought it was going to. Well, maybe he was, they didn't like know. turning over the whole mix to him. Maybe, maybe that could didn't. be it too. They were just like, nah, man, we, we want to do it our, ourselves again. But again, this is just Don was with no, no other producer. Yeah. And so, if you get a chance to work with a Don was, I mean, I could see yeah. that. And certainly back then, uh, he's, yeah, he's 2001. So I, I, I don't know, but as we both agree, this this is their weakest album. I didn't I didn't own this album. I had to I had to buy it on E. It's hard to find. I would have given it to you. You tell me. I would have sent it to you. I got all of them. Mike, I got live stuff. I got the. I, I was shocked we didn't you you didn't want to do the Greek thing here. The Zeppelin album. Yeah. No, I just want to cover the. I just like the studio stuff. As an aside, if you guys listen to the the the, the Jimmy Page Black Crows at the Greek, which is a great, fantastic idea and a wonderful experiment, and then you hear Jimmy Page play guitar, and you're like, oh no. Uh, what, everyone tells me that what happened he just sloppy he's just sloppy you know what i mean it's almost like he didn't, he didn't rehearse huh he didn't rehearse uh, well he didn't care much for rich like uh, there, that's another thing is you can re find re go google that and find out about the fucking brawl or whatever the fuck that they had they yeah again these, why do you invite your hero to play with nobody you gets along with these up. guys again chris and rich are monsters apparently I, mean, I can't wait to read gorman's book because again, when he told rolling stone he was just like yeah no these <laughs> these are the worst people and, and he's like i mean he goes i'm not saying it in a mean malicious way it's just, you know, Chris is the worst person I've ever met, you know, and you're like, all right, so. Well, let's get through this line. So let's do this. <laughs> let's do it quick. What do you want? Well, um, I will tell you again, I'm just going to say this. Uh, I don't know how you're going to handle this, mm -hmm. but my favorite song of this oh, era. It's going to be hard to handle. <laughs> my favorite song of this, this era, Black Rose, this Lions era, Black Rose, isn't even on the fucking album. They release it as a as a B side in England to the hit, which is what my first choice is, uh, because right now, honestly, it's the best song on this you, album. But you, do you want to hear? So you want to play, let's play the hit, and then we'll do the B side. I would love it if we can play the B side because that would be my second I choice. Found it on YouTube. Oh, you're the best. Um, all right, well, Soul Singing is is the big hit, and that's that's my choice for number one. The big I've hit. Down, it's the single. Yeah. Cascading in blue without a sound. This doesn't sound at all like now I'm by your side. My black feathers for a crown. So feed me milk and honey, lay me down. Lay me down. But this is the most accessible good song off this album. Yeah. Look around. 
Show me holy places not yet found. The production's nice. Let's disappear and we'll hide underground. And we'll get high and we'll feel safe and sound. It comes around. This album, it sounds tired. Right, maybe they are. I, that's that's the thing is like I'm wondering if this might have been like peak brawling between them, or they or if they maybe they cut it separately or something. There's this album's just missing something. Um, now, is this going to replace my second choice? Or no, uh, okay, I'm just throw it in. Uh, this this is a song that I actually, I mean, I again, I would say top five Black Crow songs for me because it's it's such a departure from the things you normally hear them do. It's not jammy. It's not southern. It's a this is a fucking like three and a half minute pop song. And it's it's damn good. It was the B side of the single for Soul Sing in, in England, and then came out later EP style. Uh, but this is a song called Sleepyheads, and it's phenomenal. Playing this from YouTube. Hang tight. Cool. It's a good tune. It's happy, That's which fun. they never are. No, and it's a it's a an upbeat, fun pop song. Did they appear on Sesame Street with this song? Doesn't it sound like a kid's like from a kid's it's TV show or something? Heads even. It's you so can great. see the Muppets waking up, yawning. I completely agree. It has that vibe to it, and that's why I love it. It's it's so not them. But he his voice is perfect for it, and it's just it's just fun. And this album could have used that fucking song. I know, kid. I mean, I don't know why they don't lean into this kind of stuff more. That that is a good song. You can't. You can't. It's undeniable. Well, it's like when we did the the Motley Crue show with uh, our Heather the, Stewart. Heather. Hooks are hooks. Songs are fucking songs. And that's a really, you know, After the Rain's a great song. It just is. (laughs) I just wish they could get along like these two brothers uh, known as Nelson. (laughs) I really do. Okay. My first song from Lion is called Lickin'. Finger licking good. Here we go. I don't know who this guy is. Yeah, as they look like two bullet holes. And you don't ever say me. I just picked it because it was different. It is different, but to me, it takes away his the sweetness in his voice, which is so important. Yeah, like this could be anyone. This could be Fred Durst. <laughs> Marilyn Manson. All right. I only picked it because it, to show some. Well, he's a singer and he's not singing. He's in not that singing. Song. All right. What do you got? You got one more. I, don't I do. Need, and again, I don't like the album cover for this album either. The lion's one? No, yeah. it's just it's just like an out of focus shot. It's it looks weird. like it could be you know it could be a it could be a white lion album yeah. cover. 
Yeah, and, this, and then it has an eye in the middle of it. Like it, White Lion's album, Third Eye. This whole thing was tired. Like it really yeah. just felt like they were on fumes at this mm-hmm. point. You know, where they almost like they did this because they kind of had to because yeah. music had changed so much and they were playing in a, in a vacuum because they had their fan base and they right. weren't reaching anybody new. No. So it almost felt very go through the motions, this album. Yeah. Um, but I still salvaged on and I was able to find a second song for you out of this particular CD. Do it. And it's called Lay It All On Me. Because again, he's. But even this, he's a little over. The vocal's a little produced. Yep. There's that Sleepyhead's piano sound. Well, it's okay to cry, troubled man. I mean, when you get to the point where you feel like you're only going to sell 20,000 albums no matter what you do. I think it was more about their relationship than their standing in the music industry. Yeah. They just, it just sounds like, you know, wrote. Yeah. You made me riches for everything. No matter what the cost. Now you wish you had it blown. People probably think maybe Oasis will get back together now if the Robinsons could get back together. Uh, I don't, he's touring on his own. Didn't you just see him last year? Yeah, he opened for The Who. It, it, the second night, he showed up late. He was only singing five songs. Second night he showed up late. I think he sang four. Jesus. He sounded terrible too. What are you doing? He's a complete dick. You can tell. He goes, and that's fine. He was 20 minutes late for his opening. I can, I can tell you this. Make your own rules. I was around, uh, backstage (laughs) that one night and, uh, yeah, the vibe was no. They didn't really care for him much. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, well, but he, but he, that's his deal. That's what he wants. Why would you want to be a jagoff? You the, know what I mean? It the, who make takes sense. you on a U.S. tour? Yeah. Don't you like? Don't you like really want to win over some fans or something? Well, but no, because we're, like we're just talking about, you know, Oasis was they at, at one point they might have been the biggest band in the world yeah. for a year. Okay. Yeah. And imagine if you were the biggest band in the world for a year and now you're doing five songs in front of the who and the who have a legacy, the who have lasted and you look at it and you go, ah, fuck, I wish I was them. Ah, fuck. I wish I had, you know, it'll, it'll bring in sharp relief. A lot of the mistakes you've made. If you see a band that's lasted for 45 years and now you're opening them for them after you were once bigger than them, at least in a time frame, you know, that's got to play havoc on your head. Who gives a fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. You got another song from Lions, or are you gonna? We gonna... Uh, do, I mean, let's, let's. I can't even remember it, but here I'm gonna play it. Come on. This is this is one of the ones I like, but this album. With the exception of the, the two songs I chose and, yeah. and, and Sleepyheads, uh, the, the worst thing you can say about a, a band is is generic. Yeah. This sounds like someone ordered up generic Black Crows. You can right. walk into any bar and hear any idiot play that song you just heard. Yep. Um, the magic of his voice, the magic of Rich's guitar, the interplay, all of it, it just was missing on this album for some reason. Yeah, I mean, that, that song sounds like a song Bluesy Joe would play. Oh, fuck. That dude. You walk into the bar, Bluesy Joe's there. That fucking guy. Uh, there's, a co- there's a cover and a two-drink minimum, and you're already pissed off. 
Uh, now it's a long time between albums, Mike. Yes, it is, because that's when Chris does some solo stuff, I believe. It's, it's seven years. Yep. And then we get war paint. Now, first of all, seven years for any band is death. Yes. I mean, it's, it's just, it's death. Well, it, explain that. In what context? It's just, you're, to be... You mean the vibe between your, yourself? Even if you're not directly in the limelight, you're just off to the center of the limelight. Sure. Then when you step out of it for that long, people forget about you. Well, and, it, it's death for the casual fan, but for the hardcore fan, they can't wait for you to come back, and they're so excited to see you after seven years. Okay. You and, sold me. And I think with other bands... Uh, maybe seven years off away from one another is death. But if you're two brothers whose music sensibilities are so intertwined and then you finally take seven years off and you get back in the room, maybe you find the magic that had been there previously. And do they? I think they do. Okay. I think they do. I wouldn't say the whole album, but certainly uh, this, the opening song, Goodbye Daughters of the Revolution, because uh, I, I, I got this album and I heard this song and I was like, oh, I was so happy because again... As we know, Lions left me so cold, but yeah. they still had me as a fan. And when this came out, and this is the first song, and it uh, it kills. War Paint, produced by Paul Stacy, not to be confused with our friend Stanley. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I want to get in there with the Black Crow. Do you really? You, you, you feel have a sensibility of blues? Oh, man, or? I'm telling you what. Those guys are too hot to handle. <laughs> would he talk like that, really? Just he would, I think so. He would just use their lyrics to talk about them in that way? All yep. Right, that's fine. Uh, how, how would you feel? What would you say to them if they said they wanted to do some of the songs from Lions, if they said they wanted to record those? I'd say, oh, Josephine, don't do it. Would you ask them anything about the Lions that were on the floor, perhaps? I'd say, look, when we were going out on the Animalized tour. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> we were on the Animalized <laughs> They still Animal. can't say it, Mike. It's rough. It's Animalize. 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 I came up with that title. I thought it would roll off my tongue. That's a really good album cover. That's great. It's a lot we of took, rugs. Yeah, we just took a lot of rugs of different animal prints, <laughs> laid it done. down on the floor. Peter Chris came over. He took a picture. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you pay him for that? Did he work we did not. Years? He owed us money, so oh, we had so to do it for free. He had to work it off. But right. I used to yell from stage and say, Lines from the floor, let's hear you roar. All right. And wow. Maybe that's what a tribute to you with this uh, lion's plus. Album. Look, yes, I told them to call this war paint. Did you really? Because every night before I go on stage, it's like a battle. I sit there in front of the mirror. I look. I grab my war paint. I put it on. I go out and I slay that audience. I win that battle. Whoa! All right. This is called Goodbye Daughters of the Revolution. <laughs> This has life. It does. I love doing these, uh, what do I want to say, uh, band shows, artist shows like this, because the last two shows, uh, last show was Duran Duran, and this is Black Crow. Oh, nice. you, you can't get two more different bands sure. than Duran Duran and Black Crows. Now, but, uh, what's the difference in uh, between um, 
like war paint and lions is how many seven years right seven years and so this is 2008 2008 2008 so that's 18 years after the debut album yeah and chris still sounds like chris yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of guys voice. definitely change, but but he's yeah, always, or they or they lose a little bit, and he never has. What do you say? Lose, your your phrase is lose a little off the fastball. Uh, yeah, you say <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, who did Duran Duran show? Uh, Dara McGarry. Oh, and she's a huge fan. Loves them. Goddamn, dude! And that's a band. My buddy Max, he just uh, he worships them. Yeah, John Taylor is a, is a bass playing. They're just, just they're, they're phenomenal. They're, they're, so they're all phenomenal musicians because mm-hmm. they get lumped in with whatever the fuck. Yeah, they they yeah yeah like they're not haircut one hundred. I mean, they were all amazing right. fucking musicians. Not they're great. That. Yeah, yeah, and they're still around. Yeah, it's supposed to have an album out in twenty twenty. Here's from Warpaint Locust Street. Okay. Right? Good. Burn the mill, salt the paper, and it's easy pickings on Locust Street. There's no place to hide, and you can't find love on Locust Street, but you can hear the sunrise crying. Can't you hear? bands use the word black in their uh band name well oh, that that would have been a show that's the change right yeah gotta be black sabbath black well, crows I, I, we're gonna say tons and we're gonna be able to name three black star riders black mm. country communion there's four so yeah there's a show rebecca black there's her hit song friday frank black frank black there you go from pixies mm-hmm. um black there's got to be other metal bands. It's got to be black, like Black Death black or some death. bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Black Devil. <laughs> black Demons. Black Diamond. Nah, 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 nah. What's your next song? Uh, well, first of all, now that you mentioned Black Diamond, I'm going to have to tell people about Woo-hoo. this. because it's, they're, you know, they're a rock and roll moments. I'm sure I talk about it every time on your show, but mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite rock and roll moments of all time. The replacement cover. Hold on a second. A, <clears throat> it's time for Mike Schmidt's Rock and Roll Moment on Rock Solid. The Replacements cover Black Diamond by Kiss. And uh, when you hear the original song, Black Diamond by Kiss, it has this little guitar riff that opens. And then uh, when they're going to swing into the actual song, uh, Peter Chris hits the, the drumsticks and Paul Stanton goes, hit it. Well, when the replacements do it, because the replacements, they don't care enough to say hit it. They don't care enough to yell or be enthusiastic about anything. So they're playing this real fuzzy version of the opening guitar riff. And then it goes, and then the fucking drummer goes, and Westerberg goes, he sniffs, and then it hits the guitar chord. And it's, it is the most rock and roll moment of fucking, of all go. time. There you go. Dude, just like, he didn't even fucking care. God damn it, the replacements. Do a replacement show. We did. Oh, no. Who's on it? Listener Carly Anderson. Carly's a genius. I love her. Did she choose it? She did. Oh. Listeners get to choose it. I'm in love. <clears throat> what that song? We've done it. Right. We've done it. This will surprise you, but we've done a They Might Be Giants episode. Did you really? Yeah. Don't. Li- don't. Steve, Let's start. Steve O'Dockerson. Sorry, Steve. I said dark. I can't talk Steve Dockerson. I know. I know. Steve O'Dockerson and April. Wich- Rich- oh, my God. Richardson did it with us. I can't talk tonight. <laughs> Eli, I Eli tongue tied. I have tongue tied tonight. You are. All right. Well, then let's let uh, Chris talk. 
We'll take a break for a second. And uh, again, the one thing they have not forgotten to do, the one thing they can always do, they can do it in their fucking sleep, is a song like this. And, uh, and this is one of the better ones they ever turned out. It's called Oh Josephine. This is Oh Josephine. It is. Yeah, that's the one I said. Let's let them talk. Okay. Diamonds on the mirror And the spoon it holds the stars been a long time, baby, since I've seen the sun rise like this. Make a wish and call it maybe, and give me one more kiss. Oh, I like it like this. Oh, I like it like this. If you told me that was on the first album, yeah. I would believe it. Yeah. It sounds because like they, it's from the first they album. Just, they, that's something they deliver all the time, they, and they, they crush it. It's, it's in their blood. It's in them. Okay, now, we're going to stay and with And in you. all of them. In, in Steve Gorman, you know, they, they, this is all the you know, same personnel. It's not through, in through Gorman anymore. No, but, but they, they need to be name-checked too, Mark Ford and those guys too. I mean, you know, they, they, yeah. they were this band. Uh, here's a little from Warpaint. My last one, Wounded Bird. Okay, Mike, we are uh, we're just about done. We're going to wrap it up with you because I I did not know this album existed. I had no idea that this. The, uh, I thought Warpaint was the last one. No, before the frost is. I, uh, I certainly didn't. I certainly didn't go to Wikipedia. Okay, to check. Uh, interesting. All right. Well, well, I will say this. Um, it's it's. Uh-oh. It's an effort. Well, it's not, it's not, again, they, it's one of those things where it almost, it, because it's, um, I think it's a double album. I mean, there's like 20, oh, no. there's 22 songs, and, and I it's think. it's a year and a year and a half later, so. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they were quick prolific and, and they put it out. And it's, again, it's not bad, but again, you're, you're looking at, um, you know, a body of work where you, well, all right, let me just say this. A band like this, you put out of, you know, 20 songs, they all start to kind of blend together a little bit because they are, you know, the songs that are unique jump out at you. Right. But when they have that same kind of style and they play in that, you just, it, they all kind of roll into one another. Yeah. And it, and it can get, and that can happen with a lot of bands. And so I thought this was a, this was especially a year later and, and it, it was a lot. I mean, it was a lot. Is this as good as Use Your Illusion 1 and 2? Uh, and for me, no, okay. it is not. Uh, but the first song I chose is, uh, since I, I'm, and I picked two songs. Yeah. And I, and honestly, um, 
I picked what I think are the two best songs on the album. Okay. Because usually I'll leave stuff to you where I'll go, okay, but this one, I was struggling to find songs that I would choose that That's I love. That's tough. That's yeah. a rough um, go. So, so Good Morning Captain is, is my first well, hello choice. hello to you. No, no. Good Morning Captain's the song. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Very country, this album. Yeah, Ruckus on the Levee is, it doesn't get any countryer than that. What are you, Tom Petty with a Ruckus? Yeah, and I, that, that's a word I need to use more in my everyday life is ruckus. Ruckus, yeah. Um, so you hear that song, and it's it it's a good song, it's yeah. a decent Black Crow song. Yeah, yeah. But 20, 20 of those, you just go, all right. Well, I've, <laughs> right. You, you kind of get to the point where you go, well, yeah. I've heard this a little yeah. bit. Uh, and the second choice was uh, the last place that love lives, because again, they can always do this. And this album also had some uh, some songs that were written by Chris and songs that were written by Rich. So they were doing, they weren't Which made me wonder, yeah, it might've been like they were bringing stuff from their respective solo careers and then just kind of did it that way. Which isn't what we want from the Black Crows. Well, we've heard what we wanted from the Black Crows in the first like five albums. We're like, yeah, cool. Here we go. You hold up your finger. And you place it to my lips And you tell me that anger Can never get rid of this Is the last place that lovely where the sad woman cries Is the last place that love lives Behind your eyes That's just fucking clean. Yeah, you know, great. And just he's He sounds phenomenal. Rich sounds great. I meant to fade that down. No, you just cut it. it. I just Just cut it. it. Done. Who gives a fuck? (laughs) (laughs) But that that is a really good song. It's just, again, though, an album of 20 or whatever, how many many cuts are on there, it gets to the point where, because nothing, there's nothing that you go with a single or that's a a jam or whatever. Mm -hmm. A lot of, you know, they do ballads extremely well and and then they lean into their country a lot more in this album. Which for me is it leaves me a little cold. You know, that's that's not what I'm looking for. So let's say I think we're in agreement on this. Let's say let's say someone's listening to the show, they only know a couple of the Black Crows hits. They don't know that's all they know, but after the show they wanna they wanna dig into the albums. Are we in agreement that they should get Shake Your Moneymaker? Yes. The Southern Harmony and Musical Companion. Yes. 
Three Snakes and One Charm. My favorite. And By Your Side. Yes, no those doubt. Are, those would be the four. No doubt. Absolutely. Those are the four. If you want to know about the Black Crows and you want what the 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 epitome of what the Black Crows yeah. do and their, their peak, those are the four albums to get. Then the rest are, are a little bit buyer beware. Almost like if they... You know, you always hear about bands who cut like they, we did. We brought forty songs to the session, but only eleven made it to the album. That's yeah, Springsteen, and, right? Right. And then you're like, "What are those other twenty nine songs?" Well, you know, that's what's on fucking War Paint and Goodbye Dog. You know, all that stuff. There, there is there are highlights on those albums. And so, if you're a Spotify listener, you can find the highlights by going through them. But if you're going to get four albums, right? It's it's clearly Shake Your Money Maker, Southern Harmony, Three Snakes, and By Your Side. Let me tell you something. Uh, we used to go in the studio and we would write like. I'd write 82 songs. Oh, my goodness. And then we would record 40 of them, and then 11 would make the album. And then those ones that didn't, I'd, I'd give like one or two of those to Clarence for one of his albums. Oh, I, well, I like Clarence's solo album. So those, that's good. I, so you're saying that you created all of Clarence's good solo work? Is that what you're trying to say? What I'm saying is the songs that weren't great, I'd give to Clarence. Oh, well, he made them good because I enjoyed them, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean... <laughs> 82 well you wrote 82 and recorded 40 wink wink how did you decide on the 40 out of the 82 because the 11 out of the 40 is that's easy first what we do is we turn steve van zandt's guitar off it's done he thinks he's playing he has no idea it's not even plugged in oh my goodness all right that doesn't make any sense and then i bring nils in and nils sits in a closet and he plays and then steve van zandt thinks what he's hearing is him oh so so he's playing along with him at the same exact time Yes, so he's in a, he's hiding yeah. in a closet while while Steve is laying down tracks. I believe so. Oh my goodness! Oh, all right, okay. Oh, two, three. <laughs> all right, we're gonna close out. I got a song. We got to close out with the big one. Okay, but in a second, I will tell everybody though there are there are two songs that I would say that are you have to hear from Chris Robinson solo. Okay, uh, one of them is called "The Empty Table," and one of them is called "When You See California." Now, "When You See California" is it would be a phenomenal, unbelievable Black Crow song. Um, and it is another song that has a great meaning to me. But when, uh, when You See California is a beautiful song. Chris Robinson and the New Earth Mud was one album and then he went and made solo albums with other people. I think the New Earth Mud album is better than his other solo work. I have and that song that you're talking about. Which one? And you, If You See California? Yeah. All right. If you, or it's called If You See California. See, I mean, he sounds different without the band, right? <laughs> sounds totally different. That's funny. Uh, so, me. if you want more Chris Robinson, the solo stuff, I think the New Earth Mud album is really good. And if, if Rich's Rich's stuff, should I look into that? I wouldn't. I mean, I did, and then it's it's just it just you know it's he's a very good guitar player, and he's mm. he's got a great sound. Yeah. It's just he just surrounded himself with because I think he sang, and um. Mm. You know, all right. So how many say I? How many say I? Brandon, I love you. So if you want to pursue more Chris Robinson solo, find the New Earth Mud solo record first. And if you see California and Empty Table are back-to-back songs that are phenomenal. And the next time you hear, I want you to get in your mode. I want you to do your Tommy Lee singing uh, impression. He used to do that one song oh, yeah, that, off his uh, Methods of Mayhem album, oh, and it was Christ. hysterical. What a mess. It was so funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is uh, this is the cover that they did on the first album. It's undeniable. Uh, it's hard to handle. Written by Otis Redding and some other schlubs. Uh, Mike, oh, Mike, where can we find you on uh, Twitter? 
Oh, uh, you can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You can be my friend at Facebook.com slash The40YearOldBoy. You can follow me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash The40YearOldBoy. And I'm on Instagram and Snapchat at Mike40YOB. Mike40YOB at Instagram and Snapchat. Uh, we are at Rock Solid Show on uh, Twitter. I am doing the Rock Solid Album of the Year Album of the Day this year for 2020. It's a leap year, so we're going to get 366 albums. Find out what Pat is listening to every day. A bunch of listeners are doing it this year, so I'm happy about that. It's fun, builds community. It's cool. Also, we're on Facebook. Uh, I'm at Pat underscore Francis. Kyle is at Kyle Dotson Funny. Go to Rock Solid Podcast for everything about the show, including a link for t-shirts and the Patreon page, or the Patreon page is patreon.com forward slash Rock Solid Podcast. Lots of great prizes coming up, including books. Uh, Steve Gorman is the man's name. He was the drummer on all these all this music you've heard, and he has a story to tell, and you're going to be able to read about it. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for bringing these guys back into my life, and thank you for having me. Here we go. Hard to handle. Calls the mama, I'm sure all the hand and I just around. I don't speak louder than words, and I'm a man of great experience. I know you got another man, but I can love you better than him. Take my hand, don't be afraid, I'm gonna prove every word I say. I'm advertising love for free, so you can play your hand Let me light your candle, calls a mama, I'm sure all the hand and I just around.